last maybe like ever since I got my more more you know latest phone. I think my iPhone six. Ever since I've had that, I've used it more and more. So I don't know. I think because I've been, I also want to like try and conserve energy at the minute. It like is in energy usage. Yeah, at home. I don't really want the electricity bill to go up. Me being here more often, so. If I've got the PlayStation on, I won't turn on the, the laptop. But if I know I'm not going to go on the PlayStation or the Xbox all day, I'll then turn the laptop on and maybe game on that for a bit or something. Cool, yeah, fair. I don't want to find... use up too much. Yeah, I, I get that. Um, I think I acknowledge that. My actual implementation of that, I'm not, I'm, I question. Oh, uh, okay. Um, <laughs> but, oh, excuse me. But what I would say is that I think... I was a non-believer in big phones, um, and I've got one because it's on a really cheap deal now. I've got an iPhone 11. Oh, um, wow. I'm very happy. I'm, uh, yeah, well, I literally, I mate, mean, all have had a hand-me-downs, and I'm very yeah, happy Yeah, me too, with it. yeah. But um, <laughs> I wouldn't pay any more for it than I pay now, and I'd probably pay quite cheap for it. Well, what, but do you, I am what do you pay for that? 33 a month. That's only about £4 more than what I pay. Exactly. Yeah, that's really good. Have you got what have you got? I got a six. Oh, okay. Yeah, right. Yeah. And See, think, that's what I mean. Yeah, mine's like twenty eight ninety nine, I think, or something. Mm. So yeah, I mean, Did I you get unlimited calls, unlimited text. Yeah, I got unlimited everything. I had to, apart from uh, data. Data. I think I got, I got nine, which is actually pretty good. That's pretty good. Yeah, I I barely use it to be honest. Yeah, yeah, especially when you're on uh, Wi-Fi. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. Uh, well, since I'm having a bigger phone, I have been more prone to watch Netflix on it in bed and things like that. And I think, I think it's acceptable level. I don't think it's optimal, optimum level, but it's acceptable. I can't. I, I struggle to watch things on my old iPhone 5s because it was really small. Sure. But when you think about it, I suppose Game Boys are probably smaller yeah than it's like game boys now. really isn't it yeah it's, it's just yeah. like going back to the bloody early 2000s or whatever mate the game boy advance sp was i've got two of them i'm looking right at them i've got mine and my dad's because my dad didn't want his anymore so he said if yours die let's just use mine I was like, okay oh good so did i still yours buy die? it no it didn't he just gave it to me anyway but i still mm. use it i still play bloody fire red all the time it's a cracking console pretty brilliant yeah oh that, you know when like they introduced the backlight for it, and you just think like, how Dude. did we ever play without a? Well, this backlight? is the thing. I think I had like an attachment on my old Game Boy. Oh, that's what I was about to say. Yeah, did had... you have like the light that clicks on the back, and then like it comes on on the across the front on the top? Yeah, it was kind of like it was like a purple thing that had a magnifying glass, and then had a light built into it as well, so you could actually the screen looked bigger. Yeah. Did you ever have that? Is that the same thing you had or? No. No, yeah, mine no. was literally, it was not just a light, it was a magnifying glass and a light. I have no idea where either of those things are. They must have got thrown out. That is hilarious. Either that or they're in the, in the roof or whatever, you know. It looked yeah, like you must have been carrying around a bomb with you at well, all times. Like, yeah, what it is looked, strange it, contraption? It did look weird. I have a very distinct memory, actually. I remember you saying last time about that, having that, like, uh, open window, breeze, summer gaming yeah. kind of day. Well, I have a similar sort of, uh, sort of memory, but for me it was very late, sort of on the motorway or like going down the street with all the uh, the street lights. And I remember before I got my <laughs> before I got my attachment, I remember having to play Pokemon on the Game Boy 
with like having to wait for a street light to come so wow. I could quickly see what I was doing. So every like it, like every three seconds, it was like right, quick, do another bit, do another bit, do another bit, and that is just like so ingrained in my mind. Man, it's like that such is a one great of the memory. weird like child memories of being like the logic, the child logic. <laughs> that is a that is a great memory, man. Yeah, I love that. I still think about that memory all the time. I don't know why. It's just like oh. right at the front of my mind most of the time. Yeah, I don't know why random memories pop up. Like I've had a couple pop up this week. Where I'm like, what? Mm. You know, but um, I don't know if it's good or bad. Like I assume it's a mix of there's not enough going on you know that we're looking forward to so your mind kind of reverts to the past that's kind yeah, of yeah just think course. about all the good times i suppose the good yeah. times had, even, even if you're not having any right now or whatever although i'm definitely having quite a lot now so mate well <laughs> tell me right let's just get into it man so yeah, yeah, yeah. If, if it's okay i want to go through what my do things I don't, I don't think they're going to be as long as yours well i don't know we'll just talk and we'll see how it goes Okay, well, firstly, I want to put out there that we we're going to talk about the second DLC for Borderlands 3, Guns, Love, and Tentacles. We're going to talk about that a little bit later. Okay. Um, give some quick thoughts now, but we're going to talk about that in detail later. I want to do a full dive into it. We're both huge Borderlands fans. It's just come out. We've just both finished it, so I think it's time we go into that. All right, so you um, have finished it. Good. <laughs> Yes, finished it last night. You finished it last week, didn't you? I finished it the Friday after we recorded. <laughs> Dude, like, I I can't. I don't know how. I, I, I don't know how I did it so quickly. Is it because my character's like? I respectfully, I respectfully question Jay your ability to play through a game so quickly. I, I know. Just can't. I'm surprised myself when I when I when you te- when you told me that you hadn't even finished it. I was like, what? It's taken you a whole week. It took me like. Well, yeah. Uh, it took me what I'm trying to figure out. I think I played it for about four or five hours in the morning, and then about two or three hours after. So it, might, it couldn't have taken me longer than between six and eight hours to finish. See, I've I found that it's a very meaty expansion, and that I've probably put in at least six hours, at least if not seven or eight. See, um, I'm which trying I to remember how long. Uh, it might be like that sort of you know that that weird memory type thing where you think something was actually longer but it actually wasn't like like when you went on a car ride with your parents you always thought yeah. like going to chroma took like two hours but in reality it was 20 minutes yeah literally right so for literally. me i think old borderlands uh dlcs in my mind lasted months but in reality they probably only lasted about a week oh yeah oh not even that man and you gotta think that you were probably playing more different games at the time yeah like, exactly i doubt i doubt you were as efficient now as, yeah i was gonna oh, say yeah, I'm, very... I'm gonna finish that now <laughs> do you know what i mean like i reckon now, yeah. that, and they came out in different periods you know like borderlands one dlc is the thing we talked about before with a bit sporadic i think in its release schedule um i remember you and gurney finishing the second dlc which i thought was the most boring dlc i've ever played oh god and that, you, it must have oh. taken you guys like three to four hours to finish all those i have a very weird memory with that actually i remember going to a specific place uh and like i remember playing trying to complete a certain s- section of that dlc with gurney and it getting so late that gurney had to like get off the game because he didn't he wanted to go to bed essentially so we couldn't finish the actual dlc oh my god because <laughs> it was so difficult and we, we couldn't survive long enough we literally spent like we were like way past midnight and we just like he just gave up in the end so fair 
Wow, it's not like Gurney. Fair enough. Fair I enough. know. I was so surprised. I really, I really thought Gurney. I think he just sort of like got fed up with having to keep, you know, keep dying or whatever. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Fair enough. Fair enough. Um, yeah. So that that. So let's t- we'll we'll talk about that. So yeah, let's talk about um some stuff that I've been playing. Are you drinking? No. Are you eating? No. <laughs> mm. So, I'll quickly go through mine. So. Essentially, what happened was um, I got my mum and dad to eat a post, my old Xbox 360, to me um, because it had some save files for some games and wanted to sort of wrap up, as it were. Mm. So they posted that. It was only about tenner for next day delivery for something that I think it weighed about a stone in the end. So I thought that was pretty good, really. Yeah. And, and um, considering, you know, I can get all the entertainment I can get at the moment, um, that's good. So. They emailed that, uh, sorry, posted that, and I got it, moved over some save files, I wrapped up Spec Ops The Line, so I played that a couple of years, a few years ago now, um, and completed it. i just done a few achievements that I want to wrap up on that, so I did that. Sweet. I finished uh, Shadow of the Colossus on PS4 Remake, um, that's uh, going to be a whole other topic, I think, if we ever want to dive into that game, but yeah, finished that very quickly with knowledge of the game since I finished it for the first time a couple of years ago. So I finished that way quicker than expected. Not as impact, not nearly as impactful as the first playthrough, but I think that's just the nature of the game, um, perhaps. Yeah, I've never um, really been uh, that interested in Shadow of the Colossus. You ever played it? No, but I've, I know what it is, and I've seen people play it, and it always sort of like... I don't you know, really it, 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 never, it never interested me, not even the slightest. You, uh, people, you, there's people went crazy over it. I don't know why. It's like this there is level of nostalgia is, with it, but I don't know. It's never there seen. is a gap of understanding between some games. The Shadow of the Colossus and The Last of Us are those games where pl- you can watch it all you want, but it's nothing like playing it. Shadow of the Colossus sort of seems like it should be in the same world as Journey. I know what you're saying. Like it it's sort of has the same feel to it, right? Mm. Like, it almost feels a little bit like like Zelda as well. Like, it sort of feels like it should be. There is that little. I get what you see. Yeah, there is definitely a Zelda esque to it, but I think there is a feeling in Shadow of the Colossus that you get through playing through as well, which is unlike any other. Yeah, I'm sure there's like a a, an emotional uh, impact aspect, whatever you know. And that was with no nostalgia. I finished it for the first time, as I said, a couple of years ago on the PS3 HD remaster, and I had no nostalgia whatsoever so that kind of shows hopefully um how good it is and lastly i the main reason for my getting my xbox 360 is because i never bought the skyrim special edition on xbox one Mm. because i wanted to finish all the dlcs which i never got to do on the 360 and they haven't made a backwards compatible so i've been playing skyrim no they haven't so the entirety of skyrim isn't backwards compatible on xbox one Correct. Are you? Are you? Uh, what? Jay. Are you don't joking? Even get, Skyrim don't... is probably like one of the best-selling games Mate. in the last Mate. decade, and it's don't... not. It's not backwards. Are oh, you? Oh, that that's made me mad. <laughs> don't even get me started. That's really I annoying. Sh- I assume it's because they want people to buy the special edition. Oh, what? Because so, okay, so you can buy a special edition on Xbox One. Yeah, yeah. So they like red, they redid it. They, they redid, redid it, like okay. some of the graphics, lighting, and things like that. I think Jesus. they probably fixed some bugs. 
I don't know if I have it. that. I'm going to have to check. I don't know if I bought that. I might have bought that like years ago. Well, yeah. I mean, I just I just didn't want to start from scratch. And See, I this knew... is the thing. I would have loved to start from scratch. Sure. Like, I understand that. Yeah, I mean, I get what you mean. Like, I There's certain games that I'd hate to come back to now. Like my my Final Fantasy Thirteen save on 360, um, I can't ever go back to because I don't have a 360 <laughs> anymore. Sure. So if I wanted to play that again, I'd have to start from the beginning. And oh. I, I would love to do that because I'd love to like have all that experience again. Like it's like reading a book for the first time again. Yeah, I guess I never really get that. It depends on the game. Like some games, like I, it's funny you say that because yeah. I've been. I've been going in my head to and throw for about three years now of whether to replay Final Fantasy Thirteen, and um, I just I just thought you know what I think I'd rather play another, a different Final Fantasy than replay one I've already done. But yeah, I, I had a said. similar thing the other day, but I actually installed Thirteen again on my one because backwards compatible. Yes, right. Yes. So I've sort of been looking at it, thinking, do I want to play it again or do I? Because I thing is, I know how yeah. long it's going to take. It's going to take me about. Somewhere between eighty and one hundred and twenty hours. So, <laughs> yeah, exactly. And, I mean, that's um, if I want to do everything. If I want, if I don't want to do everything, it's probably going to take me more like the same amount of time it took me to do Final Fantasy Fifteen. So, I don't know. I'll I'll think about it. <laughs> I'm enjoying Xbox's new emphasis on Final Fantasy games. So, like all of them coming to Xbox for the first time ever is in, in, amazing. All of them coming to Game Pass is amazing. Yeah. So, all, pack was compatible. It's really good stuff. So, but in terms so of I, like um, Skyrim. Yeah, I've Skyrim and, and Fallout sort of got to the same point to me where I'd played it so many times I'd sort of like just sort of stopped playing it. <laughs> well, I'm about to go on to this, Jay. Yeah, so, go for it. Go for it. So, 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 um, I was love Skyrim when it first came out. Yeah, um, me too. Obliv- for, for some context, Oblivion is my favorite game of all time. <sighs> Definitely so, not mine, but I can I can see why you love it so yeah. much. Yeah, I mean, it just it, it was just exactly what I wanted. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. And um, so, so Skyrim came out absolutely ecstatic. I think I biked to Asda at two in the morning to get it. Mm. Um, me and my brother a copy. Um, and so got back, played it forever, you know, played it for like a year or two years, like kind of not consistently, but uh, off and on, you know, yeah. um, probably quite consistently for the first few months. Like I can't actually remember... I'm I'm at the point now where I can't really remember exposing myself to all the different storylines for the first time. It's just all blurred together now. I so, remember, kind of. Yeah. yeah, I've got a very faint memory of the bit up to the dragon, like after the dragon. Yeah, it gets a bit blurry, but that sort of that first initial bit. I remember that. So I completely, quickly. I completely forgot about all that final bit in the story until I replayed it all like a few, what five, six years ago. Now I completely forgot about it. Yeah. Um. So it's good that you forget about it though, because you can relive it again, can't you? That's true, but then See, you also wonder how how good how good was it in the first place for me to forget about it? I guess. And uh, see, I'm, I'm I have a slightly different mind on that. Go on. In that, I'm like this with films, right? There's certain films that I'll watch once, and I will absolutely fall in love with it. Like I'll I'll fall so in love with it that I have to make a decision in my mind whether I'll ever watch it again. Because I don't want to have, I don't want to ruin the memory of how I felt the first time I watched it. Mm. But there are some films that definitely, you know, are helped by what being watched multiple times. Like Hot Fuzz is like one. Yeah. Like we we fell in love with that film. 
Yeah. But it lends itself to being watched over and over because it's so quotable. Yeah. Whereas a film for me, there's a film called Chasing Amy. Have you seen that? I've I've definitely heard of it. It's a Kevin Smith film. It's part of his like lineage of like Dogma and Chasing Amy and Jane Silent Bob, like all parts of those, right? They're all in the same universe or whatever. Um, but yeah. Chasing Amy is is quite an emotional film, and I I, I have a very vivid memory of it in my head. <laughs> and I you're, don't want to ever Kevin Smith film. Yeah, I like Kevin Smith films, but I don't yeah. want to ever go back and watch that film because I know if I watch it, it's probably going to have a different connotation than it did when I when I watched it when I was younger. So I want to keep the memory of the younger me having watched it and not the the older yeah. one. If you see what I mean. Yeah. Yeah, so, yeah. It's, an in, it's definitely an interesting. I'm trying, I'm trying to think what if there's a comparison for that with games like the one game i know i've played over and over again is murder soul suspect i've done that like three or four times and i absolutely I can't love that. The game. i can't believe all the games to pick i know it's so game. weird uh, i think the uh, game i probably won't come back to because i love it so much is probably vampire okay um yeah i'm trying to think with any more i mean fallout i play it over and over again i don't think i'll ever play final fantasy 15 like from start to finish. I think you'd never play any Final Fantasy from start to finish, depending on what it was, I suppose. I don't know. Mm, mm. But well, yeah, Skyrim, I'll, I'll play forever. You know, I'll do that all the time. Well, that's just it. So I was playing it, loved it. And then, as you say, whether it's due to my age, whether it's due to the way I was playing, whether it's due to the gaming landscape, I just kind of fell out of love with it. And yeah, I, yeah. I never. I never finished everything in it, but I did no, compare I mean, a fair bit. Like I did all the main storylines, a lot of the um, side quests. Yeah, I imagine. yeah, a lot of the side <laughs> all quests. All the girls stuff. Yeah. I don't think I've I've uh, like I know for certain that there is a certain side quest I only done for the first time like a few years ago. Sure. Um, so 2016, I I decide to go back into Skyrim, do the DLCs, get all the achievements for the whole game. So wow. I already got all the base achievements, so now I'm getting all the DLC achievements. So I get the DLC, I get a Game of the Year edition, or whatever it's called, Legendary Edition, because so, it's got all the DLCs on the second disc you can just install on your Xbox 360. Yeah. So I do that, start playing, um, I find the first DLC expansion, so there's like there's three, okay? So you've got Dawnguard and Dragonborn are the main two big, yeah. big DLCs. And then you've got Hearthfire, which is like building your own houses. You get so to build three of your own houses. The first DLC is the vampire one. Dawnguard, yeah. So you can is it the one where you can be a vampire or a werewolf? Yeah. Yeah, that's my favorite one. So here's the thing. I'm, play, I'm playing through it. I'm finding it extremely boring. Oh, no, it's very boring. <laughs> oh, right. <laughs> yeah, it's extremely boring, but it's fun because you can be like... A, a vampire, vampire yeah. <laughs> Which you well, can actually you could... do in the, the latest Elder Scrolls uh, online thing too now. Right, okay. So as far as I'm aware, <clears throat> the werewolf thing was uh, open from when the game came out. It's just that it didn't have perk trees, I don't think, and it does from the DLC. Yeah. And then vamp- you could also be a vampire, but like you oh, can man. be like an actual vampire in this DLC, can't you? Like You can transform into one sort of thing. Yeah, you can transform um, into one, gain these special abilities, and I think it also... Like in previous uh, uh, Skyrims or in previous Elder Scrolls, you could, I think, even in Oblivion, that you could become a vampire, right? Or you could, 
you could yeah. sort of become exactly. one but not transform into one so you had to make sure you, that you traveled around in the night <laughs> exactly exactly and yeah. i remember i think one of my saves or, or something like i think probably my first playthrough on oblivion i became a vampire yeah, from the too. guy in the dark brotherhood yeah and yeah it was the worst decision i've ever made because like you constantly have to suck people's blood and it got to the point where you couldn't go outside to do it and all the guards would notice you and it was almost like you were stuck because you couldn't suck anyone's blood because as soon as you walk outside, night or day, the guys would recognize you as a vampire and try to kill you. Yeah. And it was just the worst. But like, it's cool, but it's the worst. And I think the same thing goes for Skyrim, apart from this DLC where I think you're actually, they've kind of fixed the vampire problem. Yeah, so you can actually go outside in the sun and it's all fine. Right, exactly. Because you're not so, like really, a, I mean, you're, you're a vampire, but you're such a high level vampire that you don't really get affected by weaknesses or whatever. Right, exactly. Something like that. So... <laughs> So um so yeah so I've, I've started playing it. see I fell out of it yeah um I, so what happened was I was doing the DLC Dawn Guard was boring I sat at the at the home one thought mm. it was quite good actually thought I, I was really liking it I was like oh brand new home this I don't cool. know much about uh, the other two DLCs I don't think I really did those as much okay so half fire um you go to the yarl uh, there's three yarls. Um, who, if you become a Thane, they'll give you um, a land to build your own home. Okay. So then you, you build your own home. It's not quite as complicated as it sounds. Yeah. Um, but you build your own home. You can put different wings on it. Like an al- I've put, uh, I've got two now. I've got an alchemy lab and an enchanting um, place and a library on one of them. And then the other one's where my family lives. So I started doing this, and this is kind of like an easy one because the achievements are like fairly easy. Mm. And um, I started building my second and third house at the same time. And it turns out that there's a bug that if you do that, you can't finish building either of them, period, full oh, stop. That's odd. So at that point, you know, I basically want <laughs> to throw Skyrim oh, out the window. God, yeah, I bet. How many times have I tried to play this Bloody game? Glitches, man glitches bugs how many times have we spoken about this how many times have i got to try and play and finish this game before i just stop from infuriation from the amount of bugs like how many times do you walk into a town on that game and someone like an important npc gets killed by a dragon so i can't do a quest like it's so frustrating honestly now um, that i think about it i think the, one of the reasons i've stopped playing skyrim in the first place is because something you know like that happened a bug basically make it made it so i couldn't progress like a certain side quest or a certain main yeah. story thing. So I was like, well, I've got to start all over again now. What's the point? Exactly. Yeah, and I, exactly. I already put like 20 plus hours into it at that point. So yeah. Exactly. And if you're mad. OCD like me and you, oh, you we're very it, OCD. It, it, it infuriates <laughs> you not being able to tick off something off your list. Like, yeah, it's there's so many games that's happened in there. That's the first oh thing. my God. So. I've sworn never to play it again. Yeah. And obviously, lo and behold, I've started playing it again and I. I can safely say, Jay, that I've never been more in love with it than when it first came out. Okay. Um, surprisingly, I'm I'm pretty much addicted to it. I want to play it right now. Okay, it, it, I get kind you. of that. I'm very surprised at how much I'm enjoying the game. I'm I'm not being as OCD. I'm using all my potions up. I'm not caring as much about being sneaky and stealthy. I'm going more oh, combat. I'm using more magic. I'm gonna start doing more alchemy, more enchanting. Like I'm, I'm, I'm making skills legendary instead of just keeping them at hundred to progress my level even further. So, I'm, I'm being more open in my playstyle, and I think it's working in terms of keeping me interested in the game. So, I'm just doing that now. So I'm, I'm, I'm 
doing the DLCs, but I'm also doing side quests and things because I've, I've done quite a lot on the save that I've got. So I'm doing side quests on that and mopping everything up. So that's kind of what I've been doing. That's what I've been playing. So, Jay. Mm. I've done a lot, kind of. I'm just sort of yeah. I've done a good amount. So yeah, I finished the the Borderlands three DLC two. Um, finished that pretty quickly. I didn't. I didn't like have this plan from the get go, but um, it sort of fell into place quite nicely. Where I'd finished the uh, the Borderlands three uh, DLC, mm. and I thought to myself, well, Final Fantasy seven remake is coming up, and I need something to be able to fill that amount of time. Um, something that's going to, you know, take me a good amount of time, probably like, you know, I, at that point there was, it was like two weeks away. So I had to sort of think, well, what's going to take up like a good week. And yeah. then I remember saying to you about, Oh, I'm either going to play control or final fantasy 15. Just, you know, even though I know I'd played final fantasy 15 before, I never really got into it because the combat was so annoying. Um, or I thought it was at least in the first place. So I, I sat down and I was like, right, I'm going to, I'm going to play control today. And then I sit down and I start. I I look at the game. I don't this even. Do that Friday. This was like maybe Saturday morning. Okay. So I boot up the game. I don't even boot up the game. I literally I turn the PlayStation on and I hover over control, and I just think to myself, like this probably isn't going to be as much fun as if I played Final Fantasy because Final Fantasy is going to be a lot longer, and I know yeah. the story is going to be amazing, and I'm never going to get this chance again probably to sit down and actually have the time to do it properly so if i play final fantasy instead i'm like right i've got them both installed i'll do final fantasy and then i'll play control after okay. so i start final fantasy 15 i'm very skeptical i start from the beginning i'm like right i need to like actually even that i think that friday night i'd stayed up and i because i had the the guide i i literally i studied the whole book i was like i need to know all i need to know everything about this thing i need to know all the combat i need to make sure the combat is easily understandable i need to you know make sure i know where potions and weapons are going to be and so i have a yeah so 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 this is interesting so we talked about this earlier this week so Mm. you some games you like going in blind and some games you want to know you want to know personally like all the lore all the combat yeah so i've been thinking about what you so initially my reaction is like what jay that's ridiculous like (laughs) why would you ruin the game for yourself but I think I see your point of view in terms of although the game is designed so that you're exposed to all these elements at the right time and there is a learning curve there, I can see your OCD nature of wanting to know all I the I want to be in control, control, man. I don't exactly. want to not know anything. <laughs> exactly. So there is no learning curve I in think terms part of, of the like... reason why I didn't like Final Fantasy fifteen when I first played it many years ago, 2016, 2017, is because I didn't know anything about it. Like I didn't, I it wasn't there wasn't enough information for me to be like I know what I'm doing, 
And I didn't really want to take the time because I didn't have as much time. I didn't really want to take the time to learn it, you know, as I went along, which is kind of what I did this time. I did a mixture of, you know, learning as I went along, along with sort of understanding how everything was going to go, yeah. which was nice. It was very nice. But I, yeah. uh, how, how much detail do you want me to go into this thing? <laughs> yeah, let, let's not let's not go into too much detail on the story. Give me sure. your give me your two I, minute. Yeah, give me your yeah. two minute. Not 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 like what happened, but give me your two minute Just summary of your experience right? with the game. Okay, uh, so I I do the combat training, and I finally get a hang of it. You know, I'd say like. Maybe four, between about six hours in, I'm like, right, I finally actually like, I've, but the muscle memory is sort of kicked in, and I can kind of even like, I can fight things without even having to look too much, you know. I, I know exactly how to kill things. To combat that that technical at the beginning. Well, it's not even that bad. It's just I think it was so different. It it made my mind make it feel so jarring and and weird that like my mind didn't want to accept it yet. It, it was so different from what I've done in, in previous been, final fantasies yeah. so i just my mind didn't want to accept it which is kind of how i'm feeling a little bit with final fantasy 7 at the minute um because they've changed the combat slightly on that but again I'll, I'll do some more studying on that um so yeah final fantasy 15 i finally got around with the combat and then that sort of fixed everything and as i was like i said with uh, borderlands before you know you know me i like to do the campaign but then i also like to do every single side quest that pops up at the same time yeah so i did that um, and I, I only really got about, I think there's 14 chapters in the whole game. And I did about two or three of the chapters, main story uh, quests. And I, by that point, I'd done like 40 side quests. And I was already such a high level that I found that when I was doing a main line, a main chapter story mission, it was like too easy. Right, okay. Like no challenge at all, really. Yeah, because I think the the way you're supposed to play the game is you're only really supposed to do a side quest if you feel like it, and you can actually come back and do them later on. I think you're actually supposed to just play the main game without actually having to level up too much. And by the end of the game, you should be about level 40. But okay. me being me, doing all those side quests, by the yeah, time yeah, I yeah. got to the end game, I was more like 60-something, right? Yeah, okay. So it was all but very fair, easy. But to be fair, the game shouldn't throw or offer the... Uh, the game shouldn't offer so many side quests that the rest of the game is is really easy. I think it should be easier. <laughs> yeah. No, but, but for me it was really easy. But I I liked that about it. I liked that I sort of can breathe through it. Yeah, I I like that sometimes. Like uh, Dark Souls well, sort of like made me think that I need to play games on hard all the time, or like it needs to be really yeah. difficult. But I I much prefer just going through a game. I like as in some games there's options where it gives you like difficulty options and it says like if you want just the story and you want to be able to play through the game and appreciate the mechanics play on easy but then if you don't want to appreciate the mechanics and you want to have a hard time but still enjoy the story play it on hard and i'd much yeah. rather have an easy time and enjoy the story like, i don't want to get frustrated at the game at any point because it's going to ruin my experience i completely agree mate uh, was there difficulty options for this game so yeah the difficulty options is easy and normal and that's it did you pick easy i picked easy yeah. Because the only trophy that requires any difficulty change is the end boss you need to fight on normal difficulty. But okay. the game allows you to change the difficulty literally just before the boss. So you only have to do that boss 
you know, on, 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 on normal, yeah. essentially. You can change it right back straight after. So I did yeah. that, and that was okay. That was my main so, thing, really. Yeah, that's, that's a good option. So I agree with you, Jay. I think that, in my view, you've earned the right to play, because you've completed those side quests, as I would do. You've yeah. earned the right to and do I enjoyed it, because there was quests. so much story in those side quests. It made it like much more enjoyable. Yeah, for sure, and you get to play through the rest of the game with ease, a lot of more ease or ease. Yeah, and I can just enjoy the story. <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly. Uh, I can still appreciate the combat elements and me, you know, there's still, like, it wasn't easy, easy to get through the rest of the game, but it, there was still a challenge in some parts, but I knew I wouldn't ever die too easily. Like, I, I'd gotten good by that point, that I wouldn't have to worry yeah. about getting getting frustrated at any point, so yeah, I was glad about that. And what what your thoughts so? We're fairly Final Fantasy novices, I, I guess. Like we've hmm. both 13, 13, 2. Um, I'm not sure, and you've played seven. Um, what, what, what are your opinions on Final Fantasy 15 now? You finished it, and it took ten years to make, essentially. Yeah, a lot of people didn't like it. What from what I've read online, a lot of people sort of were a bit fed up with the story, and it didn't really make sense because the actual Final Fantasy 15 wasn't called Final Fantasy 15 originally. It was called Final Fantasy 13 Versus. Yeah, because it was supposed to be. Yeah. So Final Fantasy Thirteen has uh, like a like a name that sort of encapsulates the whole. Um, Isn't it Crystallis Novus or something like that? So it's Fabula Nova Crystallis. That's it. Which is essentially just like a, a name for the overall world that this is set in. It's still lore, like Final Fantasy yeah. lore is different depending on which ones you play, but thirteen, thirteen two, uh, Lightning Returns, yeah, and. T- and technically, there's another one, but well, I don't really Time count zero. that. Yeah, I don't really count that because it's like a mobile game or whatever. Yeah. Uh, they're all part of this <laughs> yes, this yeah, idea yeah. That, that that crystals are like a main, I like you know underlying theme with each game. And yeah. Final Fantasy Thirteen Versus, which is what Fifteen was originally called, was supposed to have the same thing. It was supposed to be part of the same world but a different story. But then it got it got taken away and you know, far removed from it and it became its own thing. But crystals are still quite a large part of 15. So yeah. for me, 15 might as well be still part of that universe. And I actually appreciate it more because of that, because you can actually see a lot of the references to do with 13 in 15. So I was going to say, because it is set in the same universe. Isn't yeah, it? it's technically the same universe, different world, I'd say. I know Just what you're saying. Same, same universe, different world. Yeah. And, uh, when you say references, are we talking like Lissy Falsy type stuff? Um, one thing I've learned from weirdly, I'd say Final Fantasy VII, all the thirteen games and fifteen are all linked by one thing, and that thing being that the main sort of foundation, or like the the one thing that keeps them all the same, is that the end goal is to save the world from some sort of falling thing coming towards the planet, right? I didn't realise that. Yeah, so Final Fantasy VII, the... Whoa! Oh, I don't want to know. You don't want to know? He doesn't want to know? Okay. I don't want to know. Let's just say... Okay, so I'll tell you 13. You know you know the end of 13? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So the yeah. end of 13 is Cocoon falls towards Pulse, Pulse. but yeah. it gets saved by, by Fang and Vanille. They become Ragnarok and they crystallize it, right? Oh wait, wait, wait! Is it 
is it? Uh, yeah, so Fang and well? Vanille, they they become rag, they join together, become Ragnarok, and crystallize Cocoon in place, right? That's right. Yeah, 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 yeah. And it's there's a there's a similar thing in Final Fantasy 15 where a meteorite crashes into the planet many many years ago, and on this meteorite was something called the Scar Star, Star Scourge, which is this sort of like virus that makes demons appear or whatever, right? Okay. And that's sort of like the main the main sort of antagonist is this star scourge thing. It's this, you know, virus that you have to sort of battle against. And there's there's like a similarity with all three of those titles where something, you know, comes to the planet and there's like a thing or whatever, right? Yeah. Which I found very fascinating. To me, the reason I think no other Final Fantasy interests me as much as seven, thirteen and fifteen. And I think they're yeah. all linked by this this like they're all very similar. <laughs> <laughs> and it, it surprised me how how similar they really were. So and what, I think I what, love that about it. So you enjoyed the story a lot. I really did, yeah. Because the story, yeah. I think, was it definitely got shoved around so much that if if you're a lot more in tune, you sort of could see what where the story didn't quite fit. Like there's some movies where you can tell it's a lot easier to tell that the story mucked around with and that's why it's bad film yeah. but final fantasy got mucked around with but it's still a good game and still a good story depending yeah. on who you are if you're the kind of person who thinks that because it got mucked around with it isn't as good but for me i love the game so much that the story could the story the game could have been absolute rubbish but i still would have loved it as much as i do now because of the story and you said, I think, uh, before earlier this week that Final Fantasy Thirteen is still a better experience for you. Um, yeah, I'd say story. Well, I don't know. I think they're all for me. They're actually sort of starting to be, sort of morph into one as entity. You yeah, as I as I because I now know what each of them are. I say I love them equally. So you enjoyed Final Fantasy Fifteen quite a bit. Yeah, I'd say equally as thirteen. Like it is pretty amazing. And is it is this right, Jay, that you've platinum Final Fantasy fifteen? I have. So the base game only had so many trophies, right? And they were all pretty easy. It was basically just finish the the campaign, uh, collect all these special weapons you have to collect, and then defeat this uh, this really hard boss, right? This level ninety nine boss, which I did. Um. But then the all the DLCs and the you know the additional stuff added all these other trophies that meant that if you did even if you hundred percented and got platinum on the base game, you still only had about forty two percent of all the trophies combined. But I still count that at least I have the base game platinumed, and I, ha- I I count I count that as me finishing the game essentially. No, absolutely, and and you should because you've got all the trophies you can. I feel very accomplished. <laughs> so that's that is an impressive feat, mate. That is not. Like yeah, I so... questioned, I questioned how how deeply you had completed this game when you told me you finished it so quickly. Yeah. Um. But the fact that you've platinumed it, I think, pretty much solidifies that you have done the majority of the game. So it took me forty-one hours to do the campaign, but it took me about sixty hours to platinum. So. Okay. Yeah, that sounds about right. Yeah. yeah, yeah it's okay. an additional third of the time spent on it to get it completely finished. So. And as you know, I love trophies and achievements. So what drove you to platinuming this game in particular? Honestly, I, it's weird. I, I don't know I don't know if you've ever had this. I'm, I imagine you have. I think I remember you saying before. When I played the 41 hours or the, you know, I finished the campaign, 
I, there were still some trophies, but I, it, for me, the me finishing it trophy wise wasn't the driving force. It was like I still felt like I needed to play the game, even though I hadn't, even though I'd finished it. Like I wasn't yeah. done with Final Fantasy. Like Final Fantasy, I, I st- I'm still so hyped for seven that I could, I even want to play fifteen now, just because of how similar it will be in experience to any other Final Fantasy that I play. I just want to be in that world so bad. I can, no, Do you ever um, have that with like games where you finish mate, the campaign, but you're like, I still want to play the game, but I'm still not done. <laughs> I think I think you get that with Spider-Man PS4. I think oh, you get 100%. that with Skyrim. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I think yeah. you get. I've had. I've Fallout. got that with Red Dead Two, Fallout. Yeah. Absolutely. It, when the world is so addictive, you definitely want to. I think that's what drives the platinum more than getting all the achievements is that you want to finish everything this game has to offer because you love the world so much. Yeah, I'd say that feeling went slightly away when I got platinum, but it's still kind of there a little bit. Sure. So I don't know if you've got it up, Jay, but I wanted to go over all of the DLCs um, and kind of content offered for Final Fantasy XV. One, because I think it'd be good to go through. And two, because, you know, you could possibly do it or I just want to kind of know in my head exactly what's come out because there's been so many different things that have come out for it. I can't quite keep up. Okay. So, so you've got you've got that CG film that, that came out before the before the game came out. I think. Yeah, I still haven't um, watched it yet. King, I need to watch that. I, I've watched it. It's um. I think I might have watched it years ago, but I forgot what happened. It kind of lo- like I quite enjoyed the first half, and then it kind of loses itself really. But um, sure. yeah, um, and then there's like a few spin-off games. There's like an arcade one which I know is free. Um, I played the demo, the platinum demo. No not the platinum demo uh, episode dust guy and then there's the platinum demo as well which was a whole nother thing so huh? do you have you got all the dlcs up jay can we yeah. can we so can we just go through because they they also made updates to the main story didn't they and changed some stuff in it um yeah so let's go through the dlcs then sure that's right um i'm just gonna yeah. say as well um yeah, they made updates, so they've changed some of the actual content in the game, which is fine, I guess, like, um, quite significantly. And then they've done DLCs, but they've also got spin-off games. So isn't there a spin-off fishing VR game? There's Pocket Final Fantasy XV. I'm not exactly sure how much of the game is in that edition. I don't know if it's a smaller game or if it's literally the entire game in a cute pocket version. I don't know. But I'll I'll be I'll probably look that up actually and see what that's like. But um, yeah, let me know when you got it up, mate. Yeah, no, I got it. So the first one, so basically they're all they're all called episode and then the oh, name personal. of one of the characters. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So the and first then they're, one they're that backstories for each character. Yeah, but basically, so there's parts in the game that don't really make sense. They're sort of like sections where some of the characters there's uh there's you and there's three of the guys who follow you during the game who are like your body you know they're your best friend yeah. but they're your people who help you through the game like your yeah. party like most final fantasy games are always a party um so yeah the first one is episode gladios who's one of the guys in your party there's yeah. a point in the game where he sort of goes off by himself and you don't know why and then he comes back and he has an extra scar on his face and you're like what well, on his chest as well and nothing really. It doesn't really get talked about. Not really. It doesn't. You don't really find out why he went anywhere. But in the in the <laughs> DLC, he uh, he felt so. Basically, his his family line 
other line of people who are supposed to be the shield of the king. Yeah. And the main guy you play is Noctis, who's becoming the next king, right? So yeah, he, yeah, yeah, yeah. he's like his bodyguard. He's like his main defense. So he there's like a, a family line of these people that have done this trial that allows them to defeat this like ghost of a, of a previous shield of the king to be able to like have the title of the shield of the king like properly yeah and only one other person's done it in, in the past and that's the guy who's still alive who was the previous one okay so gladius goes off and actually does it he's the second one in history to ever defeat this king or this shield to the king and is now finally like you know he's he's confident in himself that he's actually worthy of being the shield of the king and he comes back having a bit scarred up and a bit more powerful than before essentially oh, okay and then so the same sort of thing for the other two and the same sort of <laughs> thing happens with the other two yeah so prompto he he get, goes missing at one point and he finds out about his past and then ignis goes off and then you actually find out the reason why he has a certain ailment later on in the game basically was noctis a good character uh, yeah, so the main guy, Noctis, the prince, who's becoming his, aka the chosen one, aka the king. Uh, yeah, no, I liked, I liked all the characters. Every character felt very good. None of them were written badly. They're all brilliant. Okay, and I have to ask. Um, I'm actually a big fan of some of the music of Final Fantasy 15. Dude, ever played. don't even Is it good? get me started. Is it good? Final Fantasy 15, like Final Fantasy music. I'd say there's there isn't a bad piece of music in any Final Fantasy game. Sure. You you couldn't show me one right now. Every every bit of every note in every Final Fantasy game is handcrafted. Yeah. Like it is so they're so immaculate. And actually, one of the big points in the remake of Seven is that they've now done uh, dynamic slash cinematic music parts now. So there's certain bits where the music is actually choreographed to the actual story and the scenes that you that you play in the game yeah because I've, I've been watching a lot of stuff about the new remake and how it's all changing or whatever or what's similar and what's not but yeah the music is like a big part of it so i think okay. yeah the music is it's weird like final fantasy 13 the the intro like the main theme music for that is like is constantly in my mind it's i, I love that sound it brings so much joy to me right yeah and I've got a very similar thing now with 15. Like 15, like the intro music is just so memorable. Yeah. Like I'm humming yeah. it all day. It's so, it's so nice. Yeah. I think there's, um, I don't, I think, I think I want to say it's called Vols D Fantastica or something like that. Um, oh, what the name of it? Yeah. The name of the song. And it's, it sounds like a kind of, you're going across like land and doing stuff kind of music. Um, but it's one of my favorite musical tracks ever. It's, I yeah, love that's it. brilliant. Um, um yeah okay great so and have you played control yet then or is it off the card off the table now i think it's off the table yeah it's annoying but yeah i've sort of fell out of love with it a little bit and final fantasy 7 remake when does that come out the 10th the 10th okay yeah, it's the fourth today although they they uh, an article came out late last night about that you can preload seven now wow um uh, because apparently you know you may or may not know, but PlayStation have slowed down their download speeds because of all the um, demand across Europe and US. Yeah, so which I haven't actually noticed. I think it's the same for me. Yeah, I noticed a slight slowdown when I was downloading some updates and games, but nothing particular. Um, but I don't think Europe can actually. I don't. I don't know if the rest of the world can. 
I checked last night, and you can't actually preload until the 6th. So Monday morning, I'll be preloading, and it shouldn't take me that long, hopefully. Hopefully, it shouldn't and, take and four days. And you're pretty excited about, <laughs> Dude, about this game. I can't wait. I just want to play Final Fantasy so bad. Okay. I'm tempted to go back on 15 later and just like it's, muck around. It's interesting that you've got this hunger for it, it's great, considering yeah. you've just finished 15. But um, was there also a multiplayer expansion for Final Fantasy 15? There was, yeah. There was uh, something called Comrades. Yeah. Uh, I'm not sure like exactly how the multiplayer comes into it, whether you could like basically like a co-op type situation. I'm not really sure. Yeah, there's just so much to that game, dude. Like, Fair play for Square Enix has doubled down on it despite the um the development delays. Fair play, but um yeah, okay. So should we move on to the news? through these i don't think we should spend too much this is it's going to be a huge episode jay if we uh, apparently yeah <laughs> so let's let's go through these so yeah so first thing i want to talk about on the news side of things um vgc report from a few sources that they know from nintendo that there are multiple mario games in the works in terms of ports for the switch and some potential new mario games as well I know that we both don't really like Nintendo games. Yeah, I'm surprised you're bringing this up. This may, I'm guessing well, you're bringing it up because it is, you know, such a big thing globally. Just maybe not personally, right? Well, that, but also, oh, <sighs> Nintendo could make me buy a Nintendo Switch tomorrow if they just started executing properly on being able to offer their huge back uh, catalog um, on the Switch. Like- like what? Give me some examples. So, start opening up an NES marketplace. Oh, uh, I see. Make NES and SNES free games every month. I think they do that already, but it's like not even that big of a deal. Make it so that I can buy my favorite GameCube games, game, game which, and be able to walk around with them in the house. That yeah, I'd no, I'd love to do that. I'd love to do, do that. The same thing for Wii. Do some some of the stuff for Wii U, but instead. They're making these ports for specific games, which I'm not against. You know, like they're cut, they're going to update the visuals and things like that. So games apparently rumored like Super Mario Sunshine, um, Super Mario 64. Great, mm. I've never played Super Mario Sunshine, and I kind of want to, but I, they just don't execute these things to like the degree that I want them to. So what I'm trying to say is that if these games come out for the Switch, it will make me want to buy it even more, perhaps. Right. Um, if I buy the Switch and play. Uh, Breath of the Wild and Super Mario Odyssey and I don't particularly like them I'm not probably going to buy any other game for that console so it's a hard sell for me 
Yeah, you Switch. need you need something that's gonna make you want to buy the Switch, don't you? Exactly. And yeah, if I don't like me, it was Pokemon, but yeah. So I just wanted to talk about the fact that while that's going to in, increase the likelihood <laughs> of me getting the Switch, and it's quite good that they're doing that. Um, I think that I think every Mario game should be available on every new Nintendo. That's kind of you know everyone talks about how all these games are ten out of ten, so why not prove it and bring them to every console? You know, or at least make them available. But um, speaking of which, mate, random. Guess what? One of the games for golds uh, this month is. Oh, I don't know. I haven't looked. Go on. Blinks. Are you kidding? I'm not, dude. Talk about timing. I'm gonna have to get that. <laughs> That's insane. I know. I know. Wow. How yeah. Is, that? is it the first one or the second one? First one. Oh, okay. Good. I don't think I, I played the second one. I think I play. I want to say I played it, but it wasn't any good. I think. Um, okay. Yeah, we so we can talk about that next week. Um, yeah. Available. Um. So, do you have anything to say on the Mario games, Jay? Do I have anything? What say? Say on these rumored Mario ports. And... Yeah. So the Mario. I think the main reason for most of that is because of the thirty-five year anniversary, right? That's right. Yeah. Yeah. Fair point. Guys. Uh, in terms of Mario games, oh man, I think like the, just the like original Super Mario is the only really one I really had any type of you know <laughs> appreciation think, for. Yeah, yeah. Um, I can't really think of any other Mario games. I mean, I never really liked Luigi's Mansion. Never really seemed like anything to me. Yeah. The Olympic Games ones never really seemed like anything to me. Yeah. The Maker ones, I'm not really fussed about. I liked quite some of the Donkey Kong stuff. Mario Kart wasn't bad. It's just not Crash Team Racing, is it? <laughs> well, I don't know. I think I actually prefer Mario. I don't know. Ooh, I mean, Crash, Crash Bandicoot, like, I, again, like, him and Spyro have never really been in my sort of wheelhouse. <sighs> Jay, you're talking about I know, I know, I know. I'm so sorry. But they've no. never they've never really like been part too much of my my childhood. Fair Not really. Enough, like, they were there and I played them. And I, I you know they were a fun couple of days yeah. or whatever. But they never really stuck in my mind. Not too much. Same with Mario. Mario, Mario never really stuck in my mind. Like, yeah, Nintendo I mean, has really been a bit. Just not that great for me, not really. Nintendo, I, I agree. I've played uh, Mario games before, didn't really like them. Um, and what I will say, Jay, is that I know I'm going off track here a bit, but I'm super looking forward to future ports of Spyro and Crash games um, mm. because I want them. Um, but also, I want to see if that the rumors are true that they're developing new i.e. Spyro 4 and Crash 4, like proper sequels to these original games. And I would like to see how nostalgia fans like me feel about them. And if we still like these games that are new, but in this old format, I'd, I'd be very interested to see that. Okay. But, uh, this one's kind of more for you, Jay. So uh-huh. uh, Square Enix came out with a trailer, a new trailer for Final Fantasy 15. Apparently it's like five minutes long. I think it came out like yesterday or the day before. And... It came out last night, I think. Yeah, yeah. Right. Okay, and apparently it has loads of spoilers, both for the old and new game. Um, which first point, second point, I want to see if you've watched it and then what your thoughts are. Um, I'll quickly yeah. say that any trailer with spoilers in it is stupid and shouldn't exist. I'll just finish it there. Okay. Um, well, having watched a couple of interviews with the developers, they are their main focus with this game is to both uh 
to make sure that the old fans love the game and new people of new fans of Final Fantasy love the game equally as much, which you're never going to get because old fans of Final Fantasy are always going to love Final Fantasy games more than new people are. I yeah. think that's just like that's just kind of fact. I mean, depending on you know, I guess who you are. That, that does bring, bring up alarm bells for me, to be honest. So in terms of spoilers and trailers, I think this happens a lot and actually has somewhat ruined some previous games. With this game, it's obviously a game that's already been out for, God, 20 years or so almost, right? No, like, when did it come out? I can't remember when it came out. Um, it's been out a long time. Um, and I was. it's a little bit like the sort of, like to me it kind of feels a little bit like the six sense type thing where everyone knows the ending type situation but not everyone knows the ending of final fantasy 7 and i'm kind of glad because i didn't know until very recently me personally i could probably watch this trailer and not be too fussed because i obviously know the story and i'd rather know the story than not but i think if you were a fan if you were someone who knew of final fantasy and knows its esteem knows how you know how it's so highly regarded to some people and you didn't want to have that spoiled for you, then watching this trailer probably would, and then that would potentially ruin it for you. So yeah, I'm kind of a, a little bit, you know. That's pretty poor, it, mate. It's, like, it's strange, I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm definitely on the mind of I'm going to play Final Fantasy VII. It's just a case of when and what, 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 uh, you know, what form of game, i.e., the remake or the original. But to release a trailer a week before it's supposed to come out with spoilers, like, what is the point? thing is right i think this sort of trailer has almost always come out for most games uh in the past it's just that people weren't as i think because it's final fantasy people are a lot more uh guarded with how much is shown versus other games like i think there are some like original ips out there that have probably shown the ending to a lot of games maybe intentionally or unintentionally because Nobody would have known it was the ending until they got there. But with Final Fantasy, everyone knows what's going to happen. So if you show anything towards the end part of the game, people are going to get annoyed at the fact that, oh, you're spoiling it for people because it's already known. But if, it, if Final Fantasy was a completely new, Final Fantasy VII was a completely new game and nobody knew, then they wouldn't be bothered by it, right? Yeah, for sure. So I think, yeah, I think because it's a known game, people are annoyed that they might be spoiling it for some people. But if it was yeah, an unknown think... game, it would be different. That's true, but also, I, I guess the question is, why would you spoil an unknown game? But also, I guess, why would you spoil um, a, a game for newcomers, an old game for newcomers? If you if you want newcomers to buy the game, why spoil it for them? Um, I guess you could look at it from, they wouldn't know it was being spoiled for them. Sure. Uh, and, like, it... <sighs> It would depend on how much is shown in the trailer. Like if, if there's like a really, really a bit that for that person or for most people is so important that they're showing off too much of it, then yes, it's a problem. But if they're not showing too much of it, I mean, they shouldn't be. Yeah, you're right. They shouldn't be showing anything too important at all. It should be very like they should keep lots under wraps. I, I, I personally, I'm of the mindset of never show more than max 20 percent of the game. Not even that. I think you shouldn't see anything more than like the first 20 minutes of a game. Oh, that's difficult, Jay. That's difficult. Like it, like I think trailers are like a weird, they're a weird thing now. Like they, they either should or shouldn't exist. Right. I think there's people who are on either side of the line of 
trailers should just just show you so little of the game or show you so much of the game that you'll get excited for it. I mean, it just it's, it's I don't I tend not to watch trailers now. I think we can actually talk about this about a certain trailer that we want to talk about coming up. That's a completely new thing. That I mean, I, yeah, it's so difficult to say because I don't know anything about the story of an upcoming game trailer. I do know stuff about seven, so it's yeah, it's difficult. It's, it's I think it's personal. It really is. I'm trying to think yeah. what what companies gain from showing a trailer. It's mainly just marketing, really, isn't it? Yeah, exactly. But the question is, why? What? what like today, this week, yeah. or last night? What are they really going to gain? They're going to gain momentum, but what are they going to gain from sport? Like, if anything, they're going to put people off buying the game at this point. Like. No. It, like I if I, is there, it's a little bit like saying you're offended by a joke that a comedian told on a special, but don't watch the special, aka don't watch the trailer. <laughs> if you see what I mean, like if you're bothered yeah, by that's it, a good, that's a good it. argument. No, that's a good argument. What I would say is, okay, let's say they watch the trailer and they buy into the game. Okay, so yeah. let's say the sales go up, then they're going to play the game and be like, well, all this was in the trailer. So then their reception of the game is going to be lower anyway. Yeah, you're right. But to be fair, it, the money's in their pocket, so maybe that's yeah, I good. Think for them. Overall, I think it'll probably spoil some people's experience. Yeah. But I think the, the main objective with that trailer was just to get more people into buying the game because of how close it is to release. I think it's more about making yeah. sales than... Which is weird because... I don't think this trailer was too much of a Japanese decision. I think it was more of a Western decision. Really? Yes, I think the Japanese wouldn't have shown this much. There's no way that the developers would have agreed to showing. I mean, unless, I don't know. Because it kind of feels like a bit of a money grab, doesn't it? It kind of feels like yeah. that they're showing all this because they want more people to come into it, which is basically what most trailers are. It's just, you know, they want more people to buy the game so they can make more money. Yeah. But I think if like the whole sort of, you know, the Eastern culture lends itself to appreciating people's experiences when it comes to things like they want people to have, they want people to gain knowledge and, and, and have some sort of emotion towards a game rather than it all being about the money, which makes me yeah. think this is more of a Western decision sure. than an Eastern one. I mean, I could be so wrong, but I could be I'm dead so- on. I don't know. Because <laughs> I'm out of the uh, ecosystem and I'm not buying the game, I'm, I'm kind yeah. of a, a space. But I'm so excited for like you and other people to actually <laughs> finally get hold of this game and see yeah. how much it sells. Like it is the remake, so I'm so is, I'm excited. You could to also expectations. You, you could also argue that anything that was shown in this wasn't actually the end of the game because this is only part one, right? Right. Uh, like, the story yeah. is so big; they could only actually fit so much of the story onto these two kind of say this is a two disc yeah that's game. what we've been told anyway. yeah. massive yeah that's what we've been told yeah like it's 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 60 hours you know it's a full it's a full final fantasy game but it's going to be i reckon people are saying you know from what i've read online that it's either going to be in two parts and the second part is going to be a lot more cramped a lot more con- you know shoved in which is going to probably ruin it because uh, the second half of the game is is actually technically going to be bigger than the first half. Right. Are they going to do that, or they're going to split it into three parts, which they did with the original game? Because the original PS1 version actually had three discs, 
So hopefully they're going to make three parts. The second part is going to be as big as the first one, and it's going to take you know it's going to make everything spread out, which is nice. And then the third part again will make everything spread out. It'll be sixty hours, if not more, and they'll they'll take their time with. It, I'm hoping because I think a lot of people are saying that the with previous with you could compare this to the trilogy of thirteen in that thirteen came out, and then two I want to say two years later thirteen two came out. And then three years later, Lightning Returns came out. So it was quite Something a like that. Yeah, Something it was quite like a long that, yeah. time between each game. But thing is, development hadn't started on thirteen two until thirteen was finished. Right. But development on part two of seven is, is already in the works. Sure. So hopefully, we're going to get part two. I think this time next year. Wow. Okay. And we'll hopefully get part three again this time 2022 yeah i'm hoping it'll be a yearly release interesting i'm excited to see whether the quality of the games and the length of the game stands up to this to this episodic plan dude right now there's a massive there's a massive tipping point right now in history in terms of how good these games can be and how much appreciation and love is put into each like Mm -hmm. obviously there's so much that's gone into the first part but are they doing the same with part two and or three? Exactly. And I, I really hope they're not rushing it. I really, if anything, if they delayed it an extra year, I'd be so happy about it. I've said this before. I love it when companies delay games because it means that they re- they really care. It means they care so much more. Or it means the game's in trouble and they're trying to salvage a wreckage. Yeah, all that. <laughs> but yeah, most of the time I'm, I'm you're right. Hopeful. Most of the time, yeah. most of the time delays make the games better. So yeah, let's just do that. No, I, I get you. Yeah, I think um, they're very, they're very, uh, they they communicate with their audience a lot. Final Fantasy, yeah. the developers of Final Fantasy communicate very like very well when it comes to telling the people what they want to hear or what they want to know or what they should know about the development of the game. Like they've they've even said about the release. Like some people getting their physical copy are, are actually some people who have got their physical copy already. Like people who have pre-ordered the game. Some uh, people I'm, already I'm have. Their sure, um, copy. Reviewers and things have got a copy as well, you know. And like, even people who aren't reviewers, like people who are just normal, regular audience members. <laughs> like I've seen a few people on Twitter who have already tweeted out, "Look, I've already got my copy early." because i think like, because of the whole covid thing they wanted to release it in times where everyone would get it either early or on time but i think some people are going to get it before some people are going to get it dead on other people are going to get it way after which is bad mm. so Fair. i think which is again another reason why i like getting digital downloads of stuff because i'm guaranteed to get it on, you know, on day one yeah and that's always been a positive right. at yeah. midnight yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, let's move on, Jay. Um, yeah, yeah. Modern Warfare 2 Remastered. I'm glad you put this on the list, Jay. I forgot mm. to. Um, Modern Warfare 2 is one of my, if not my favourite, Call of Duty campaigns. It's up there. It's top three, definitely. It came out in our prime of being 13, playing Call of Duty like every yeah. day. Yeah, prime Call of Duty um, days, yeah. I, I've got special affinity for this game. This was uh, the second game that uh, I bought at midnight. Yeah, and, me too. I went to um, a game in the city. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. We went dressed up in ghillie suits. It was great. Jesus, we went to our local ASDA mm. um, and got the game. Finished it in one night. 
uh, finished the whole campaign in one night. It was unbelievable. Yeah, I remember you doing that and telling me like the next morning that you stayed up till like five or whatever. I was like, there's no way. But then you you came in dead basically. Oh yeah, I genuinely did that. And I, I did. Genuinely... I didn't. I didn't stay up. I I played it the next day. I was like, there's no way. <laughs> yeah, I, li- I just just powered through. I th- yeah. I, I, I want to say I had like an hour or two sleep, but I don't think I did. I think Probably I just went not, on multiplayer. No. <laughs> I, did, I did have a nap before we, like i had a nap between say 9 and 11 but um i think yeah, it's incredible i think call of duty campaign sort of died for me after this game i agree with that like, i've that only ever played cool. i've only ever really played the multiplayer for call of duty games nowadays sure and i think call, i mean this can be a whole episode but call of duty is not about the campaign anymore <laughs> Absolutely, I don't absolutely. think. I think it's more in the back. It's in the background at this point. Let, let's yeah. So what? What's we'll your? So um yeah. Let's save that. So I'm really excited, right? Yeah, I, I'm actually tempted to buy this just for the just for the multiplayer. Has it got multiplayer? I thought it was campaign I, only. I hope it's multiplayer. If it isn't, then I'll be. I won't get it. Let's, <laughs> let's check that out. Pull that shit yeah. up, Jamie. <laughs> Brilliant. Um, let's check that out. Oh, maybe there isn't one. Yeah, see, I, yeah, it's just a campaign. <gasps> That's annoying. So it's 20 quid for the campaign. Um, oh, that's cheap. And yeah, fairly, fairly. It's not that long of a campaign. Well, it's like, what, six didn't quid? They, hours didn't they release Call of Duty oh, Modern Warfare 1 remastered at like £60 or something, right? Like 50 quid? It was. I think it was quite expensive. Yeah, it was. I think it might have had the, had the multiplayer with it. I'm not sure. Um, it did, but then I think they released the original DLC map pack as a DLC, which people were furious about, rightfully okay. so. And that's ridiculous. So, the, the yeah, it's just the campaign that's been remastered. They'll probably release the multiplayer at some point. Fairly cheap. I'm thinking about getting it just for the nostalgia and playing through it. Um, what were your thoughts? Yeah, I mean, I actually liked the campaign for this game. I don't think I'd buy it just for that, to be honest. I think I'd, I'd rather watch someone do it online. If you, <laughs> like, okay, it's yeah. not, it's not something I'm like really excited about. Like, I, I think it's, it's had its day in terms of campaign. Like, uh, you know, I enjoyed it when it first came out, and I'm not really too fussed about having to do it again. Yeah, I mean, I, I want to play it before I play Doom Eternal because I know that you know I'll see the crack, the the cracks in the age then. But I think. I, I was going to wait for it to go on sale to buy it, but I don't think it's going to go on sale anytime soon. So I thought I'd just buy and get out of the way. Um, it's not that expensive. Like, I will enjoy it. I'm not spending my money on much else, um, but I get your point. So I've just found a tweet that says about my sources insisting right now that Modern Warfare 2 Remastered Multiplayer is still in development and is still being tested on. Yeah, it sounds about right. So there's someone who seems to know at least something about it coming eventually. Well, Infinity Ward seem like they're at, up to their knees and work. They've got Warzone they've just released, the free Battle Royale version. I'm actually of really tempted to play Warfare. that. Like, I might download that today and start Very playing. Very popular. Um, they've got Season 3 of Call of Duty Modern Warfare coming out soon. Yeah, if not out. Really and now they've yeah. just released this, which I assume has been developed uh, in-house, and they've got the multiplayer developing as well. So they sound... And they've probably started on their next Call of Duty game. So, good lord. But, um, I mean, the thing with multiplayer is obviously the servers, right? The servers cost money to run, and there has to be enough room to be able to hold 
the latest Modern Warfare servers, these servers, and then I'm guessing the pre, like, I think World War Two servers are still up too. So there's a lot of money going around right now being spent on server usage. And that's, that's to like, that's for like, you know, hundreds of thousands of people to be on at a time. Yeah. So, I mean, there must be a lot of, there must be a lot of heat coming out of that room. It's <laughs> you know I mean? a crazy operation. Yeah, it must be. right jay i, w- I want to move on to uh to the main topic of the show so to speak go for it yeah um so wow there's so much yeah there's so much to go through <laughs> Woo! um oh god yeah there is so much okay so jay the main the main discussion mm. borderlands 3 dlc number two guns love and tentacles the marriage of wayne wright and hammerlock we forgot wayne wright's name the other the other week oh, so okay. We've both finished it. Yeah. What do you think? Well, that's the thing. I kind of wanted to see, hear what you thought first. Okay. Just, just so I can sort of go off. Like, I, I, yeah, I want to go off from you. I want to sort of know. Because I, for me, it's actually, it was obviously a week ago. So it's a little bit less fresh in my mind. Yours is a bit more fresh. So you go for it. And that'll, that'll remind me a little bit at least. Okay. So I finished it last night. Got it. Like, yeah. Came out. Wait, I got the season pass. Um, I really really liked it mm. i thought that the atmosphere and the theme and the color palette was the one thing that i was personally missing in moxie's heist okay so yeah i just it, want to elaborate on that a little bit if i can sure so the color palette for me is very important i remember saying this before in like uh, the the zed's island color palette yeah. was brilliant it was all sort of like like neon greens grays blacks reds Reds, really deep blues and maybe some yellows and oranges too it's all very you know zombie-esque and you know gross and lovely it was great (laughs) yeah Uh, but yeah like like we said before about uh moxie's one it was all very sort of neon pinks and yellow there's a lot of yellow because the hyperion and it all sort of blended it didn't really work that well but the color palette for this yes i really enjoy i like the lodge the lodge area was like the best part of it for me the lodge is great um, i love sort of like the the purples the pinks the blues the grays like the it all really worked. Yeah. yeah it the lodge was great uh, i think what it is is that there's little for me to complain about in this dlc and i think in that respect it definitely is one of the best borderlands dlcs that i've played so there's only one problem i had with the color palette kind of or like the area in this was that the, because it was a frozen wasteland it was so white and so bright <laughs> yeah that was the only thing that annoyed me about it like literally it was like oh it's, it's really bright i don't really <laughs> it's like it's just like yeah like the, the initial area was so bright i was like oh wow is, it, is the rest of it going to be like this but then luckily it's pretty white it's yeah. quite dark so i think it actually contrasts quite well you're, you're usually in some sort of dank dark area like the main town is quite dark and you know, the rest of it is, yeah, dark, so it's good. <laughs> yeah, for sure. The, really bright. Got, yeah, exactly. You've got the bright white and then the dark Yeah. yeah so I, like I, I, I liked all the characters a lot, all the new characters I thought so, were 
good. There's uh, one character, I can't remember his bloody name now. I want to know if you liked him or didn't like him. Burton Briggs, is it? Uh, that's okay, two characters. Burton Briggs, that's one character. Did you, did you like him as a character? Yeah, I thought he was good. Okay. Anything particular about him that was weird or not weird, I don't know. Um, I thought the delivery could have been improved on a little bit. Yeah. Um, but I thought his arc was overall quite rewarding and, you know, a little heartfelt. Okay. And then the 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 lodge guy, the the main sort of weird creepy Hello. dude. Did Can I, think I help you? He is the best character in that whole DLC. I agree. He is. He really like. Initially, I was like, "Oh, this is creepy. I don't like this." And but then I was like, "Oh, it's creepy. I like this." <laughs> like he's he's just like so over the top, like exactly. so over the top creepy. Like you always have to laugh at it. Dude, I like, want you know, He's just like, would so you like bad. to stay inevitably? Oh, dude. Honestly, I I listened to every word that man said. That he was so good. Yeah, he was. He great. really made that DLC for me. I really wanted to come back in some fashion. I, I kind of want will. him to be some sort of like uh, like uh, uh, Jeeves type character. What's uh, Batman's buddy Butler called? Alfred. <laughs> Alfred. There we go. I want him to be some sort of like Alfred character. Ask Alfred. Yeah. Like that sort of thing. I want him to sort of be this sort of like creepy helper who is just sort of appears. I kind of like want him to be because you can tell there's some sort of mystical aspect with him, isn't there? Like yeah, with the, sure. is it the nibble nomicron? Is that what's called? Creature. No, the the book. Oh yeah, sure, yeah, yeah. Like, like he knew obviously so much about that. Like he's obviously in this world. He knows all these like weird things that go on. I yeah. kind of want to like I kind of want to like have a, a, another DLC that go or like another maybe like a couple of quests that are in it that sort of go more towards his background. Yeah. And same with Burton Briggs. I kind of want to do like a background on Burton Briggs as well. Yeah, I think the Lodge might be a future DLC potential, but um, yeah, oh, I, I, come back so I, bad. I think he'll come back. But let let me finish my thoughts, Jay, and then we yeah, can talk about talk about it. the package. Yeah. So um, there was very there wasn't much to complain about. I think Gage is fantastic. Oh, but I'm um, so glad she came back. That was so oh, cool. Was How was My God. Like performance, Genius. fantastic. Genius. Writing, Genius. fantastic. Um, Death Trap is so overpowered. I love it. I love it. Um, <laughs> the, the town's creepy. Uh, the locations are cool. The bosses are creepy. There's new monsters. Everything feels so satisfying to kill. Yeah. And the like the whole you know you get used to it, but the the huge creature. Um, that's like located in this town is just so so cool to mm. to walk around like it's so cool. And, and the then fact I think it's frozen and you know it's never going to move type situation as well. Exactly, it's like oh, is it ever going to wake Although, up? I like, was going to say during the playthrough, I was kind of like, is this ever? Is it, am I going to fight this thing? <laughs> yeah, absolutely, mate. Like, yeah, and yeah. who knows? Who knows? Yeah, yeah exactly. Well, and uh, Hammerlock. Like, I found the main story, you know, quite um, endearing. You know, I really like Rain Wright and Hammerlock, so I got yeah. natural affinity for them. I did was a know, little. I forgot they were. Were was there a thing about them being together in in the main three? Yeah, yeah. I can't remember. I don't know why, but that sort of escaped my mind. Yeah, no, Defo, because when you're in the treehouse and all they that. do like, I I appreciated their storyline a lot more in this, like them coming together and like, you know remembering why they loved each other and stuff like that yeah and i thought that was great 
Yeah, no, I thought it was good too. I thought it was done well. Um, yeah, really well. There is, uh, a, I know Borderlands is over the top, but there was a, a sense of subtlety that I kind of missed within the dramatic moments that I think would have served well. But that's kind of as far as the critiques go. What do you um, mean? So sometimes, you know, they just make certain points, with, um, emotional moves with characters so like so obvious. Oh, very over the like, top. You know, yeah, for yeah. example, like some characters having second thoughts and stuff like that. And I yeah, just think, no, you know, a little bit of subtlety could be used here. I know it's Borderlands, but I think it, it would Yeah, it was it was very on the nose, wasn't it? Yeah. It sort of had to yeah. make everything very blunt and abrupt. And, sort of and I like... think that goes to the main game as well a little bit, but that's kind of how I felt about it. Yeah, no, um, I get it. And so, like, you know, Tentacle's awesome, the love story's good, and the guns, mate, I have got the best guns I've ever had in any Borderlands game right They're now. Very through fun. The very fun to use. <laughs> I've got, I've never used shotguns, and I've got this shotgun that I can't stop using. So, is it, is it the shotgun you get at the end? I don't think so. One that shoots out, like, love hearts and fireworks? No, didn't, is that a legendary one? Uh, no, it's a epic or like what's the purple? <laughs> oh no, I didn't pick that up. So you get you, I think you get given it by uh, oh. by either Wayne. I don't know you get given it by Gage, like from the last mission. Oh right? yeah, okay, I have got it then. Yeah. yeah, can I just say how overpowered that gun is? Really? I'm not joking. I think it might actually be my best shotgun. Oh right, I need to try it then. You need to use it, man. I think the only reason it's so good for me is because I'm using Moe's, and Moe's benefits from splash damage. Okay. And I'm pretty sure that shotgun is all splash damage. Jesus. So I get like multiplier times 10. Like it's insane the amount of damage I get off that thing. But I've, no. I can like kill, you know, big bosses with that thing within seconds. It's amazing. Yeah. So fair. Um, yeah. The, I just, I just really, really, I really liked slash loved playing through this DLC. Like nothing to complain about. Everything was great. I was having such a good time. I was falling back in love with Borderlands as I do every time I play it. Yeah, the game's sense. so fun and addictive, and it it doesn't feel like butter being spread over too much bread. It feels like a true <laughs> extension of the universe. It feels yeah. like a story that needs that's, to be told. See, that's what I loved about it. I think you could actually say the same thing with the first DLC. Is it? It really felt like they were just delving into an extension. It really was just an extension of the universe. Exactly. Like it, it knew. It took attributes from things that have been used in previous parts of the story. It'd be at B Borderlands one, two, or three, and just extended it. It made it so much more in depth. Yeah, I loved it. It was perfect. It really it it explored so much of what I already wanted to explore more of. Yeah, no, I liked it. I liked it a lot. Yeah. What what were your what are your summary thoughts of it, Jay? Very similar. You know, not not too much to to complain about. Um. Yeah, I think overall it's just like just brilliant. Like it's just, you really can't ask for much more. That's what I'm saying. Like you, you can't, really can't ask for much more. Like I, I mean, thought you can, it you're not going to get it. I don't think. Well, that's true. That's true. I, 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 it doesn't quite hit the ten out of ten heights of Tiny Tina's Dungeons and Dragons DLC because that is one of the best DLCs ever made. Mm. But it's just, like you say there's nothing you can't there's nothing really to complain about here like it's all so solid and so new and such an extension and i had such a good time playing through it there's very little to to really critique here apart from you know gearbox keep it up let's Ooh. let's go so there's one there's one thing about this dlc that is actually like really really good and it's okay. the mission that gage sends claptrap on 
right like the sort of throughout the dlc because obviously claptrap is known by everybody as this sort of like annoyance right he's sort of a bit of like a gets in the way of things right in the end he saves the day right he's the one who he's the underdog he's the one who is the one who just comes through at the last minute and gives you the ultimate weapon to defeat the boss or gives yeah. you a little bit of information that nobody else knew because he bumped into a random person who happens to know about this other random person who happens to know about the end boss or whatever, right? Yeah. Which I absolutely loved. But Tina, not Tina, Gage obviously gave him that mission. It seemed like he gave him that mission knowing that he would never finish it because it was a made-up thing. It sort of seemed like she made it up, right? Yeah, yeah. But he, he somehow <laughs> comes back and gives you the item that she asked for. Yeah. Like, is it that? Yeah. And, that, that and he gives you updates, like, as you're going through the game. Yeah. I thought that was so genius. Because it, it gave you just the right amount of what you needed of Claptrap, but not enough, not too much to annoy you. Because uh, there are times where Claptrap can be a bit too much. Yeah, for sure. He for was sure. too much for increments, and it was enjoyable. I liked it. It was it was like sipping on a fine wine or a fine whiskey. It was. Yeah, as, I agree. As, as Wainwright would put it, you know, a good whiskey. He'd like to, he'd like to sip on a good whiskey, which is what Claptrap sort of felt like in this. Yeah, absolutely, <laughs> absolutely. Yeah. Um, slight spoilers if we didn't say already. Sorry. Yeah, but, um, I guess spoilers, but I mean, it's pretty much. Oh, what right. is, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. I not much more I can add to that. I mean, most of what we talk about on here is spoilers. But I feel like the caveat of this podcast is if you haven't played this thing, don't bother, I guess, right? Yeah, I might, yeah, I might put a message at the start or something. Yeah, sure. we haven't spoiled too much of it, but. Not really. Um, yeah, we both thoroughly enjoyed it. And, yeah, yeah. Um, It'll go it down in history. I think Borderlands 3 still has so much more to give. I can't wait for the rest, man. Oh, I know. It, I'm so, I'm just curious now if they're going to do any more DLCs after these main four now. Um, but it just it just feels like Borderlands Three, the formula of it is so good that you can just keep adding to it for the next three years and it wouldn't get old. Yeah, I kind of like feel like the Borderlands Two got old pretty quick for me. Sure. Uh, Borderlands One didn't get old quick. It stayed around for like six, seven years. It like Borderlands One lasted until Borderlands Two came out. Like it really did. Yeah, for me at least. Yeah. Borderlands yeah. Two didn't last as long. Um, I remember when everyone bought, bought Borderlands. I remember when everyone bought Borderlands Two and finished it in like three days, and I was because I didn't buy it for whatever reason. I was like, "What? That's really quick." But that was yeah, just everyone, no, well, was just yeah, everyone plowing was, through yeah, it. Yeah, so, do you mind if we move on to some spookier stuff, Jay, while we're on the topic of spooky? Spookier stuff? Go spookier for it, stuff. yeah, yeah. So, Resident Evil 3 <laughs> Remake's out. Um, it is. I, I, I don't like spooky games. I didn't play Resident Evil 2 Remake, but obviously we all know it's critically acclaimed. Um, mm-hmm. So, mixed reactions on this one. I kind of predicted that it wouldn't be quite as universally appraised as the Resident Evil 2 Remake because it's more of the same, so to speak. Yeah. Well, I just wanted to get your reactions, Jay, on on the kind of reception it's ah. received. <clears throat> yeah, so it's kind of it's gotten some very average reviews, mm-hmm. and I'm a little bit annoyed about that. <laughs> Go on. In the way that this is sort of like you can compare this to uh, Final Fantasy VII remake, and it, even with you know Resident Evil Two, it's it's giving you a better version or like a a, a more modern version. 
of a game that was loved already, right? Yeah. So you'd think RE2, obviously, I think was probably slightly more loved than RE3. And that's the reason why it got, I mean, it got a bit more love than what this is receiving. But the quality of this game is still amazing. I don't think people, it's, a, it's annoying. It seems like people aren't grading it on its quality. They, they're grading it on its story. Which is odd to me because the story is good and the, the quality of it is good. So why, why is it getting any amount of bad reception? I don't really understand it. From what I've heard, it's that it doesn't quite have the resource management speciality as the Resident Evil 2 did. Okay. Um, and it has cut out a couple of annoying bits from the original game. Um, and also that Nemesis isn't quite set up as a, as a, as a really intimidating villain such as Mr. X and Resident Evil 2. That's, sure. I haven't played the game. I haven't played either game, but that's kind of what I've been hearing. Um but like you say, it's kind of if it's really solid and it looks really good and it's the original game, what is there to complain about? Um, yeah, I mean, people seem to think that the story is paper thin. I think I've I've seen a few people say and that there's not not enough cutscenes, like not enough. Okay, it just sort of seems like a chain of action pieces that go together. Essentially, it's yeah. sort of. I think a lot of people are saying it sort of just feels like you're playing a film or whatever. Yeah, uh, yeah, it's. I think it feels like this game's been rushed. If I'm honest, Jay, I, I, that's what I feel. Yeah, I guess because RE2 came out, they wanted to. I mean, they obviously already had this in the works. It's just maybe sure. because of how good RE2 did, they wanted to have this come out faster, so that people mm-hmm. wouldn't the 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 you know hype wouldn't die down as quickly. Yeah, maybe. See, I, I think they could have built more hype from announcing it later and releasing it later personally i don't know i mean it's 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 one of those things that you sort of have to <laughs> it's hard to gauge for it isn't it because it's just sort mm. of, um, basically the job of some people is to figure out when to release a game because then you know timing is everything when it comes to releasing a game absolutely like it really is like you could, there's so many games i'm trying to think like i guess you could say this for most games but you know like if they brought out skyrim now with, but if it looked the same way, it wouldn't be as good as if it had have came out many years ago and looked the same, right? Yeah, absolutely. But if yeah. you did Skyrim now and you remade it and then made it look so much nicer, which basically what people a lot of people have done because they've got mods that make mods, it look smoother. Edition. Yeah. You know, I guess it wouldn't do as well. I don't know. It's all it's all up in the air, really. It's all you know. Until yeah, you release I, it, there's no really no real way of knowing. True. I quite I like uh, threw it into the wind and hoped it did well. <laughs> yeah, yeah. What? So you want to talk about the speed runs of this game? Which I yeah. So I mentioned before. I mentioned before about how I like watching speed. Like for me, Resident Evil just sort of feels like the kind of game that lends itself to being sped run. <laughs> sure. Speed, speed run. Uh, ran. Speed quickly. run. Speed run. Speed run. Speed run. Yeah. Run one of those um <laughs> it kind of lends yeah. itself to that it's, it's one of those games that doesn't take that it takes about eight hours i'd probably between eight and ten hours to finish if you're a novice i suppose or like you know an average player yeah if you're well, someone i've, heard, I've who, heard it's less than that i've heard it's like five. Oh, okay i think yeah. i've seen a few people take between eight and ten depending on what sure. difficulty they're on i suppose um but it, yeah i think Resident Evil 2 really lended itself to speed running, and I, I'm I've actually I weirdly I checked last night to see if anyone done it, and there's only one person who's done it in under an hour. So 
I was planning on watching that at some point and seeing what their strategy was because there's actually a website that I follow that has like a leaderboard of the world records of times. Yeah. Of, uh, getting certain speed runs done. And there's so, no update on there yet, so I'm going to have to check in the next week or so. And are you quite there. excited by new game releases because there will be loads of new people making new speed runs and things like that? Is that, is that exciting to you? It's only really come in recently with these last two with actually more, mainly with Resident Evil I mean I've watched speedruns of other games because there's actually like a, a whole convention around it now isn't there uh, yeah well you got awesome games done quick and all that yeah um, there's many but like, movements. and they, they yeah they raise a lot of money doing that because obviously speedruns take time yeah. so it's over like a 24 hour period they raise a hell of a lot of money doing that which is obviously a good thing so I think there's good things coming out of speedruns but in terms of the enjoyment of watching it, it's I've only really come into it within the last year or so. Yeah. But yeah, I think my excitement for this game mainly came from watching, wanting to see the strategies of speedruns mainly. Yeah. So I mean, I'm I'm, I'm kind of you know I'm not not too fussed about the story of Resident Evil. Resident Evil's never really been anything I've played uh, when I was younger because they were always you know too scary or whatever <laughs> yeah it's interesting that your main kind of source of entertainment is the speed runs for this game you know that that's yeah. i think that's a sign of the times i know yeah. that i like looking at speed runs when i'm can't get to sleep and i'll watch someone speed run you know jack and daxter or a game in my childhood because sure. it's like it's not as boring as a playthrough and there are cool things to look at you know people breaking the game and stuff like that and glitching through the maps you know really cool so it's an interesting point of view for sure that your you know your main source of entertainment will come from people learning these speed runs learning how to do the game quicker and quicker and quicker and seeing that development happen is quite interesting mm. yeah yeah no i enjoy it a lot i think the people who are nostalgic about resident evil games will want to play it because of the nostalgia of it. but people like, i'd say i'm definitely more of a recent fan of resident evil than i am an old one yeah yeah, and I, th- I think a lot of people are probably at this point. It seems like yeah. it's going through a bit of a renaissance. I think what Resident Evil 2 has done, has managed to do, is to bring new fans in, which I guess is what a lot of these remakes are hoping to do, is to bring new audiences, aren't they? For sure. For and I sure. think that, that, obviously, I'm glad that, you know, I don't want it to make it seem facetious. Is that the right word here? Um, I don't want to make it seem like developers, all they want is money. They obviously care enough to be able to want to make these games good and i think that's definitely their their like with any art you know the main priority is right get this piece of art perfect and any money or any bonus that comes along with it is just a bonus isn't it it's you know anything that comes any if i can make money off of my dream job you'd you'd want to do it wouldn't you so i don't think you care too much about the money it's more about getting the for me i'm just hoping that the developers of this care more about the the game than they do the money of it so I think developing, you know, it's a business reality, isn't it? The yeah, that's, that's, that's the, to... It kind of feels like the dark side to the gaming industry is the business of it, isn't it? Well, not necessarily, because without that, you can't have the games can't happen, mate. Exactly, it kind of it feels dark, but it shouldn't be. I think it should be talked about in more of a a, a positive light than a than a negative one. Although it does feel inherently yeah. negative because it kind of feels, you know, oh gross, you're trying to make all this money and get rich off of what you love doing but then you can look sure. at it from the other perspective which is oh my god you're you're able to live a, a brilliant life because you're doing your dream job or you know this this is exactly. it's, it's yeah it depends on how you look at it i suppose for sure 
Um, the, the, the last kind of thing we want to go over in this segment, Jay, is uh, a mm. Mortal Shell trailer. So, is this what I think it is? Is this the really um, gritty Dark Souls game? Yeah, so there's a game that came out that had been in development for a long time called Blasphemous. Have you heard of this? I haven't. Okay, so Blasphemous is basically like a, a 2D 2D Dark Souls, essentially. Sort of, you. It's all very religious-based. And it's all got the same style of, of Dark Souls. It's all, you know, sort of gothic looking, right? Yeah. Um, and a, a lot of people that played that game or that I remember even me, like on the lead up to the game coming out, it kind of felt like, oh, I'd rather this game would have been a full-fledged Dark Souls 3D sort of third-person game, right? It's sort of like the 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 way it looked and the way it felt sort of lended itself to being a fully-fledged AAA game, which is what I think a little bit like what Mortal Shell has sort of become. It's sort of become blasphemous if it had been made into a 3D-type game. Yeah. Um, and it kind of looks weirdly... We talked about... Uh, <laughs> about Dark so, Days so- the, the 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 trailer for it came out. Um, I've watched it because I saw it got some. So you have seen it, okay, good. And um, it looks pretty special. Would you say it kind of made you feel a little bit like a mixture between Dark Souls and Dante's Inferno? Definitely, mate. Like for me, like all the sort of grotesque sort of imagery made it seem a little bit more Dante Inferno esque, and I'm, that's a part of the reason why I'm excited about it. Do you like Souls games? Yeah, so I've completed Dark Souls one, two, and three. Really? hadn't I haven't played Demon Souls, the prequels or the prequel because it, it, it just didn't it didn't feel the same. Uh, so. I've completed Bloodborne as well. Really? Which is in the same universe as Dark Souls. Bloodborne was actually the main reason I got a PS4 in the first place. Um, I... I mean, Bloodborne two is like so highly weighted now; people can't wait for that. Yeah. Which you play Sekiro? Sekiro. Yeah, that's basically what Sekiro is. Sekiro might as well have been Bloodborne 2, but in well, Eastern. So I haven't actually got around to playing Sekiro properly yet. I have it, but I think it's one of these games I need to come back to over the coming months. Okay. Again, it, it, it comes down to combat. Like The combat is mainly everything for me. It's very difficult to get into a combat like that. I think we have a lot of similar games. I think we have a lot of similar gaming styles, Jay, but for yeah. one... I don't like Souls games. I don't enjoy yeah, no, them. I appreciate I'm, I'm gonna, that so much. I can, I'm going to ask you what's motivated you to play through these games. So the what, Dark Souls what do you game. like about yeah. them? Yeah. It's a mixture. I think what came first was probably the story aspect of it. Okay. Story. I'd say it was a good mixture of story and the RPG elements. It was like collecting weapons and leveling up your character and making your dexterity or your vitality. Or... And did you grind in these games quite a bit? I mean, you, you kind of you could grind if you wanted to, but you could you could probably just play it normally and get you know good enough amount of XP to be able to get to the end without having to do too much. Sure. But I think the main reason why a lot of people play this game is the challenge of it. It's very difficult. Yeah. But usually, you come across the first boss within the first ten minutes, and the first boss is either incredibly difficult or like super easy to get past or like come back to later. Sure. But I think Dark Souls can you can the, the thing that lends itself to Dark Souls is you can actually complete the game on level one with no equipment attached. There's always some sort of mechanic that allows you to complete the game without actually doing anything. Sure. 
Like you could defeat every boss without ever swinging your sword once, essentially. Yeah, swing your fists. You, you wouldn't be able to do that unless you knew how the game worked. Um, so the Dark Souls on the outside seems very difficult, which it, which it is. But once you're in it, it becomes a lot easier just because you sort of get used to it a bit more, I'd say. Okay. Um, but I, I feel the same way with that, with you know, with Final Fantasy at the minute. It's the combat, and with Sekiro, the combat seems from the outside so difficult. But once you're in it, it's a lot nicer. <laughs> and you can, I think the combat is really is that first gate you have to get through for most of these games nowadays. Is once you get past the barrier of the the muscle memory of a lot of the mechanics of the game. The story then shows itself, and it's like, oh, I'm finally free. I can finally enjoy this game. Yeah, and that's yeah. how I imagine more Shell and all these type of games will uh, will you, eventually you, come to be. Are you going to buy Mortal Shell when it comes out? I think I need to see a bit more of it, which okay. is uh, again, I guess, another reason why trailers are helpful. <laughs> yeah, uh, I, I'd like to think IGN or someone will do some sort of behind the scenes developer diaries hopefully of more shell or i might you know i'll probably start following the twitter and hopefully there'll be something on there that will show me a bit more i don't always the thing i don't always require that level of uh information needed like we said before we can sometimes go into a game blind and it'll be equally as good Mm -hmm. Uh, i think I'll, i'll probably do a bit of both on mortal shell it'll be you know staying in in staying blind to it but also having some information that will keep me interested. I think that's how it's going to go. Okay. What about you? How, are you, how do you feel about Warshaw? I'm surprised you actually have any interest into it because it is basically Dark Souls. Well, basically, I listened to game podcasts and it came up on the news um, and it was getting some traction, so I checked it out. Mm. And you're right, I don't play any Souls games, um, but it looks great. It, it did that thing, I think, where what Horizon Zero Dawn did, which is it... It it, it it managed to touch a childlike gaming element of your brain or heart mm-hmm. and it made you think that oh my god this game looks so cool that i want to play it and yeah. you don't really get that feeling that often i find anymore yeah. at least or when you're an adult so um it definitely looks like your um your your what would you call it um wheelhouse yeah exactly uh it looks like Jay all over. So okay. I, I'd be excited like, if I was you. I've kind of got sick of Ducks, like of Souls games. Sure, because everyone's uh, making them now so and stuff. Yeah, I've played them so much that it's sort of got a bit sick. Which is probably the reason why I didn't want to play Sekiro when it came out, because I was sort of fed up by that point. Mm. Um, I'm hoping this game isn't too much like a Souls game. I'm kind of hoping it's more sort of a little bit more hack and slash. kind of, But not, not necessarily I'll... hack and slash, but just, just like... I don't want people to keep making Souls games in the same vein. Not in the same vein, but like in the same combat sense. I kind of want the combat to be fresh and new. Completely agree, mate. Which I guess is part of the reason why the whole idea of the game is that once you defeat an enemy, you can basically put the shell of the enemy on yourself, and that's why it's called Mortal Shell. You can sort of become the enemy you defeat. Oh, that's so cool. Which is original. I, 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 find, I think as you get older, you sort of wish for more original <laughs> ideas. You don't want too much of the same with the old stuff, which I think is why Souls started to get a bit, you know, get a bit old. I want, I want something new. I want something. You see, you get, you tend to get bored or, you know, tired of the same old thing as you get older. So I kind of, I, when I look, when I 
get interested in the game is mainly because it's it's not too much like its predecessor or something that's similar to it, you know. Which I guess is why Bleeding Edge felt a bit different to me because it wasn't like Overwatch. It was people compared it to Overwatch, but it didn't it didn't feel the same to me, which is why I enjoyed it so much. Yeah, I completely 100% mate. Um why make another Souls game when you can make it a little bit more hack and slash Just that make it original. We, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> Just well, make it an original game. Fun. Have have some sort of originality in something. Like I I I love the fact that it is similar in ways of how it looks and how it potentially plays or feels. Like yeah. yes, inspiration is is important. Like I I think people are forgetting the difference between a game like I think people are struggling to find like they 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 jump into conclusions when it comes to games thinking oh it's just it's just a copy of this previous game that did so well well people can be artistically inspired and not make the same game but make a similar game like i don't it annoys me that people think that that people are trying to just copy things all the time i think people think inspiration means something different to what copy means copy is different to inspiration yeah i agree true art comes from inspiration it comes from previous people or it comes from an original place you know it's either all all art comes from originality or it comes from inspiration and that inspiration can be warped and twisted to how you want it to be perceived and that's what i think this mortal shell thing is hopefully going to become it's going to become just a, a you know its own thing having been influenced by dark souls that's all i really want really mm. i don't i hate where i hate i'd hate for people to just be like, oh, it's another Dark Souls game. I'm going to, you know, shove it off, hopefully. Hopefully that doesn't happen, but it inevitably will because of how people tend to act nowadays. Yeah, and it's funny because it seems like the one genre, apart from perhaps open world genre, which I wouldn't say is a copy per se, it's more of no. a genre. Um, yeah. It's the, it's the one sort of genre, Souls-like games now, or, you know, specific type of game, which, like you say, it's just so, it's just a copy it's yeah, not... it feels overdone, doesn't it? Yeah, it, it's, it, it just feels like with like zombies. Like the uh, the theme of zombies seems well overdone nowadays. Oh, definitely, man. And then I guess the theme of of anything that's similar to Overwatch, like a sort of like a battle arena type game, feels somewhat yeah. overdone. But yeah, if you can sure. make it original, make it original. Do do you? move on to mm. something that i wanted to bring up because i felt yeah, that go for it. this is yeah, I didn't see this one coming but yeah i wanted to acknowledge the good things we have in our lives jay and one <laughs> of those good things is the current xboxes or consoles ps4s we have yeah okay, the current generation of consoles and i think a lot of people moan a lot about the problems with the xbox one and the sometimes problems with the UI of the PS4. Mm. I wanted to quickly talk about the great things that the current generation does that we, side, yeah. for, that we completely take for granted. So 
I let's start off with yours, Jay. You've got mm. a main one that you you obviously enjoy. Yeah, Blu-ray players. Blu-ray. I think players. people forget that these things are Blu-ray players. <laughs> like, if you really enjoy film and cinema, you know, and if you uh, appreciate it enough to go out and buy a Blu-ray of that one film because you know you love it and you want to see it in a much crisper, better quality way, and you got your way, but you don't have a blu you know, you don't want to spend that money on a Blu-ray player, but you're already a gamer. And you have a PS4 or an Xbox One, boom, best of both worlds. <laughs> you have a Blu-ray player. Like it's all in there. The fact that that, that was like one of the main things for me. I and mean, I don't have many Blu-rays, but I think that definitely just if you are the kind of person if you have a Blu-ray collection or you you like to go out and buy Blu-rays rather than download a film online off of like iTunes or go out and buy a DVD. You know, you think DVDs are a bit naff to look at and blu-ray is right that, that good middle ground you know absolutely mate I, I i don't know if you knew this but we were looking at getting a blu-ray player for the lounge mm. and they are still at least 50 quid yeah okay which is shocking to me so to your point you can get a free blu-ray player with your games console which yeah, shouldn't be underestimated blu-rays are they feel quite niche they feel like not a lot of people buy them just surprise, which is, I guess, is why they're probably. I mean, they're they're expensive because they're obviously better quality. But I guess the other added element of them being a bit more expensive is that not a lot of people probably buy them. True. So the amount they do want to sell, they want to be able to sell less numbers, but mm. get the same amount of money as if they're selling more for less. Yeah. Um, right I guess there's obviously a market for it somewhere for it to be important enough for them to make money. But I, yeah, I feel like Blu-ray players were. Weren't, I mean, they probably were talked about a lot of the time, but I think for the for the, I'd say the people who buy Blu Blu-rays are mainly going to be people who probably enjoy the cinematics of games as well as movies. So I think it's it's a good, it was a good idea to put the both you know the two together. I think yeah. So it's a well, I'll still welcome a, a disc drive that allows to play Blu-ray players. You know, I've only got Blu-rays as a collection. I've got a few Blu-ray DVDs, but mm. not many. But they're for films that I really love, so I always yeah. want to be able to watch them whenever I want. Um, and I think it, like you say, it shouldn't be understated that that is a huge bonus. I also think that games are now put on Blu-ray discs, aren't they? I don't think a lot of people know this. Yeah, I think they are, yeah. Games on 360 and before were all DVD discs. They weren't, you know, they could only hold so much memory. Blu-ray yeah. discs can hold a lot more memory. And obviously a better quality. So I'm glad that there's... I think the Blu-ray player of being able to play the films was actually a secondary bonus effect of games becoming better themselves and having, having being played on Blu-ray discs rather than DVD discs. Mm -hmm. So I think, if anything, it was just a sort of a byproduct, really. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> they, could also, they could also play films that were Blu-ray. Yes, byproduct, nice, brilliant. Yeah, exactly. And it relates to the PS2 argument of everyone bought a PS2 because it was also a DVD player. So, yep, exactly. Whereas the yeah. original Xbox and or, I mean, the 360 was a DVD player, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah. But the original Xbox wasn't, was it? And PS1 obviously wasn't, I think. I don't know if the original Xbox was, actually. I don't actually, know. Actually, it might have been. <laughs> it came out way after the PS2, though, didn't it? What, well, the original Xbox? Yeah, or near it, after it. It, came, it definitely came out oh. after. I see anyway. remember watching. I think I did actually watch films on the original one. But yeah, regardless... I think the the player aspect of it is is brilliant. Yeah, it's very good. So I want to quickly go through a few things that I like about my Xbox yeah, One. So 
Um, I think ports and remasters of old games, um, making some of the games 60 frames per second, I really enjoy. Let's see more 60 frames per second. I don't care about 4K until we've got the smoothness now, of the game. 4K has always, it's never really been, I, I can't, 4K at the minute seems too expensive for me to enjoy. Absolutely. Like, 60 frames, 1080p, feels like a like an affordable experience right now. Yeah. Like, until I, 4K becomes affordable, I'm not even going to think about it. <laughs> for me, for me, I'd rather. I know that I'm not. You know, it's not a majority opinion here, but I'd rather play a game smoother rather than look better. I'd rather perform better. 100 percent, hundred percent. So that that's I want just me. Zero lag, zero drop frames. Exactly. As well, it can look slightly worse. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. Um, still look very good. No red ring on the Xbox One type deal situation. I know that's not th- something we should be grateful for, but it, I'm just saying because it did happen. Yeah, I think the main problem with that there was not really red ring adjacent, but at least with some problems, just disk drives mainly, wasn't it? Yeah, did like, they... disk drives tend to fail quite easily on the on the PlayStations, I think. Okay, um, not on Xboxes, Xboxes. Or... not so much oh, on Xbox, okay. but definitely similar. Interesting. Okay. Yeah. It's funny how they still haven't sorted these issues out. I think they can't. I think it's literally just down to. Uh, I think it's just I don't know. It's just down to the fault of the technology of the day. You know, I think it's probably going to improve. I mean, it should improve with the improve with the new gen. I imagine. I mean, we still don't. We still don't. Do we know if there's a disk drive in the the new Xbox? <laughs> I think there I is. I don't I know think. if we know yet. That's the thing. I think there is. Yeah, I hope I um, kind of hope there isn't to be honest. Oh no, I want one. Mm. I don't know. I do. <laughs> I do, and I don't. I do. There's, there's pros and cons. Downloading games. I just think that downloading games has never been easier. The speeds have never been better, and I think that it's fairly easy to buy any game you want on any store and download it. And I think that's something we should be grateful for. But I think the physical aspect of games applies more to the younger audience of gaming. Do you? There, I uh, think they would be more digital. No, I mean, for me, it's, I think, is it is it more affordable to buy a physical or a digital download? Oh, that's a whole other debate. Yeah, I, I think, say, yeah. I would say physical. Physical is cheaper? Yeah. Yeah, in that case, then, I'd imagine, obviously, people who are younger, I've spent their parents' money to buy things. So the parents don't want to go out of the way to digitally download just because it's more efficient you know they want True, more but they, might, they might seem it easier than having to trek up to the city or whatever yeah, to, I mean, uh, buy it. yeah i mean it all comes down to whatever the parents want to do really <laughs> yeah yeah or i think digital is cheaper when they go on sale yeah very true very true yeah and which they do a lot so exactly exactly yeah. Running multiple things at the same time, though I think we'll see the true optimization of this in next gen as we talk. Yeah, about. I haven't really experienced this too much. So I'll, um, I'll pop onto Spotify, put some music on, pause that, pop onto Netflix, watch something, pop back onto my game, and everything's still where it was, which is I think really cool. Yeah, I've never, I've never really done that. I have never really had the the reason to. Not really. I think it's probably sure. because I have, a, I have a laptop, so I can sort of do that without having to do it on the Xbox. Yeah, for sure. You see what and I, mean? I do that sometimes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I guess yeah. If, if the options there on the new one, then I'll. I mean, the options obviously there on this one, but I just, I, I haven't. I don't think I've used it enough to really, to really get it too much. So. Yeah, and I it's not, it's not, it's you know, it's, it's not ideal in terms of performance either because my Xbox One does feel like it struggles. Yeah, to I even think that's the thing. Part of it then is, is the, 
hopefully the new one can do what this one can do just with better performance exactly yeah exactly yeah. and voice chat fidelity i think the voice chats have never sounded better everyone sounds super clear on mm. xbox live parties so i told what to raise that yeah i think that was one thing on 360 that always felt a bit i mean at the time at the time we didn't really care we didn't really care about microphone quality or anything like that um but I yeah, don't think we realised how bad it was, mate. I've got to say. I mean, yeah, if you go back and listen to some like conversations oh. of like people screaming on there or whatever, it's bad. It's really bad. It sounds really bad, mate. Yeah. Really bad. But um, yeah, it's pretty good now. Um, I think mm. the fact that your Xbox or P and or PS4 can be your complete hub of entertainment now, so we can play Blu-rays, it can play Netflix, Amazon Prime, Now TV, uh, YouTube, um, CDs, DVDs, uh, games, like. Spotify, I think that that is a an amazing thing that you can have basically everything you want from an entertainment point of view from one thing. I th- I think that was one of the main selling points when they were talking about it at E3, the Xbox the, One, the launch. Yeah, was yeah. they basically wanted it to be your entire hub of of entertainment. That was like yeah, the one the one system you need. Yeah, you only need this one thing. Don't bother getting anything else. Just get this exactly. <laughs> And it's funny because I think they naturally have become that. And I also don't understand why more people don't realize how important that is. Um, like, why is it that we take, do you know what I mean? Like, why, why is it we take that for granted? Like, it's a huge thing that my Xbox can do everything we want from an entertainment point of view. I think that's a huge, I think that's a huge thing. It's that, it's that evolution of narrowing everything down to one device, which is the future. Yeah, I think, yeah, more people uh, don't want their things spread about. They don't want to have to go and buy more devices just to experience the same thing they could get on one. Yeah, exactly. Definitely. Exactly, like Apple TV, you've got to buy oh, a little box or whatever. Yeah, yeah. Um, have you seen the film Her? Dude, don't even get me started on that film. It's an amazing film, isn't it? It's it's top 10, 100%. Uh, it's, I, I wish I saw it in the cinema, dude. That film's amazing. See, I, I'm glad I didn't see it in the cinema. Really? Yeah, because I would have cried like a baby. Oh, God, oh, my. <laughs> oh, now, that film holds a very special place in, in my uh, in my heart. Well, the, the, the earphone that he has, that yes. is the future. Yeah, where your whole Everything entertainment, you want. Yeah. sort of, your whole life is essentially, obviously people's whole life now is their phone, right? Yeah. But if you could Absolutely. condense that into a server that was in your house, but that server was linked to a, an ear device exactly. a listening device you could basically take your whole computer server around with you and you could live your whole life as a walking computer which is basically what people do now with their phones so yeah Absolutely. i mean it makes sense it definitely seems like the future and i you know people there's some people who are skeptical about that future but i think it we're basically be- you know having we're becoming bionic you know we're becoming one with technology at this point yeah for sure we're they are becoming extensions like, of ourselves a good thing i guess make everyone's lives better hopefully that technology will help us in any way that you know will help the future of mankind or whatever yeah it's pros and cons in it but hopefully we can start with the the xbox is helping people having people's lives become slightly easier in whatever way it can you know yeah for sure Um, it's it's a a stepping stone it's it's on the way to the future yeah and the last thing I want to point out is the last tech feature is something which uh, has gone now, but the mm. original UI had in that snap mode. 
So what it was was on the Xbox One, you could snap apps uh, and what basically watch Netflix while you play a game. Oh and, yeah, uh, yeah. I thought it was incredible, personally. Yeah, I think I might have used utilized it maybe within the first months of it coming out, but never again. Okay. Like it never, it sort of seemed a bit novelty, didn't it? It kind of seemed like, oh, this is a thing. I guess I'll use it, and then never really used it again. Yeah. 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 It it didn't run very well, but. No. I'm hoping with the power of the next Xbox. That... Yeah, it seems like the next one seems like it has a bit more capability of doing it, doesn't it? Yeah, exactly. Although and it's not as it's... snappy, it's more like one thing to the next, but more efficient. Yeah, but I, I hope they do enable some sort of snap or multi-screen allowance because I think that would be a picture, really... picture type situation. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Like you know, back to the future part two where he walks in, he's like, "I love channel sixty four, eighty three, two ninety two, one nine one," and it's just like he's got like nine guess. channels yeah. open, and like I don't know if we'll ever get to that point, but the idea is that you know, if you're playing, if you're getting, if you're mopping up collectibles on Star Wars Jedi Fallen Order, maybe you do want Netflix on next to it, you know? Oh sure, yeah, yeah. yeah. So instead that's, of having a laptop. Kind of- there you have yeah, exactly there. exactly yeah. that's my thoughts anyway yeah. um let's have an apple podcast app on the console so we can just do that yeah um, Great idea. yeah so we're yeah so to let the um two people listening know in <laughs> so we're gonna yeah. move a debate next week yeah exactly we're gonna move a debate next week i should really i'm gonna introduce the segments a bit more so it's a bit more defined of what sure, exactly yeah. the segments are that's my bad everyone yeah, so we just we just had tech time <laughs> we just had tech time which is advice and opinions on tech and that was all the things we like about the features about the current consoles so mm. we're gonna move a debate on a certain game to next week's show and we're mm. gonna have leave some games that we some good games we've got for history dip for next week's show as well. Mm. So I just want to remind everyone, um, ladies and gentlemen, you can write in if you wish to the game um, the TGO show at uh, contact at thegameopinion.co.uk, I believe is the email address. So mm. feel free to email again any um, points of wisdom, meanings of life, hatred. Um, why me and Jay are wrong in our opinions, although obviously, you know, that's there are uh, opinions, <laughs> logical inconsistency. But wow. yeah, feel free to get in touch. Um, more than happy to, I would love for people to get in touch actually. I would, yeah, I would welcome any emails. Mm. However, me and Jay have a good enough rapport to go on our own, so that's I'm grateful for that. So Jay, let's finish by talking about what we're going to be playing this weekend and next week. Yeah, I mean, it's up for debate, really. I mean, at, at this point, I need to just find something to do between now and remake of, uh, of <laughs> the I mean, fear, the fear of how much yeah. time you've got. Because so, is it? Are you just looking at the clock now, sort of thing? Kind of, yeah. It's just at this point, like, do I just play? Do I get to max level on Final Fantasy Fifteen? Do I get to level one hundred and twenty? Do I just grind for that, or do I just... I mean, at this point, it kind of feels like I want to go on Borderlands and just kill bosses all day, essentially. Just okay. be impressed by how much damage I can do against a... a, <laughs> a, a I, can, I can kill Mayhem Mode 4 bosses like so quickly now. It's ridiculous. Jesus. Is, that, is 120 the max level on Final Fantasy 15? I think so, yeah. Okay. And I'm already level 81 or so, so I'm getting there. Nice. And I've, there's a good farming spot that guarantees me, a, you know, a so lot why, of XP. why allow that level when you've already platinumed it? 
what do you mean why get to 120 well th- that but also is there any service like is there any point in the game to get to that level is there any boss that you can't kill yeah, until you level so the, the level 140 boss uh, that you can do no nope, that's level 99 i've done that one. Oh, okay was it was it hard so there's a there's okay there's a there's a weapon in the game <laughs> that allows you to kill a boss or kill any enemy instantly but there's a one percent chance of it happening and then does the weapon go or no nope, the weapon stays it's a, it's an end game you don't get the weapon until the end of the game and then you so you did the boss with that weapon I did but weirdly I just did it on first try <laughs> so as in you kept hitting it until it got the one percent hit and killed it. Yeah, so I think the first time you do the mission for the boss, you get it instantly first try. But then if you do it uh, more times after that, it takes longer. It's then It then becomes a 1% chance. So it can take you 10 times, 100 times, 200 times, 1,000 times. It depends on whether it wants to do it or not. <laughs> so is it? So this weapon is only doing that against that particular boss? No, so I think it can kill four lower enemies instantly every time. Or it can kill one boss with a one percent chance instantly. Okay, so yeah. uh, so so you can't kill the boss legitimately. No, you can. It just takes hours. Okay, <laughs> that particular right. boss takes about two or three hours to kill. Oh my god! Yeah, it takes a long time. That does not sound fun. Isn't there a movie hits as well where you can go like flying miles and you have to start it all over again? Is there a, a what? Sorry, a movie. A, a movie does where you you get sent flying for miles and you have to do redo it all again. Oh, no, I don't think so. Oh, okay. I don't Got know you. anything about that, yeah. Okay. So, yeah, it'll, it'll probably be, it'll just be, you know, on or not. It might be go back to Bleeding Edge and just play that because it's a multiplayer game. It's just easy to jump into. Yeah, sure. So it's basically now, I'm, I'm probably also going to prepare myself and play a little bit of the demo of Seven just to sort of get myself used to the combat yeah. so I don't have to worry too much about that as well. Yeah. So I think that's the main thing, yeah. You've been reading the um the law, haven't you, for Final Fantasy VII? I have. I now know the whole history of the seven. I know the whole history of the pre the se- the, the the prequels and the sequel. Because technically, thought... technically, Final Fantasy VII is actually a a, a quadrilogy. Yes. Well, is that what it's called? Quadrilogy when it's four games. Yes, I believe so. Yeah. So there's I think there's two pre there's two prequels and one sequel. That is actually that like, you kind of need to know that to be able to understand seven, which is weird. I f- I finished um, Crisis Core on Final Fantasy VII on PSP like a couple of years ago. Oh wow! So you know a, a decent amount then. I feel like I don't actually. I feel like I didn't learn much at all. I will say it's it's also important that you watch Advent Children if you want to understand seven as well. Okay. Which is weird because Advent Seven was actually the film I watched without knowing anything previously about the history of Final Fantasy. Advent Seven was actually one of my first uh, Final Fantasy things I was introduced into. Okay, was it, and you had that on PSP, didn't you? I had it on PSP. I watched it every day for like years. <laughs> oh god! And I'm so glad I do because I because I know that story. I now understand Seven a hell of a lot more. Do you remember when we used to watch Hot Fuzz every day after school? Yeah. Jeez. <laughs> yeah, quite a bit. Uh, right, what about you, man? Yeah, what are you playing? What are you doing over this next? Yeah, uh, so it's um, oh. it's just Skyrim all the way, mate. Skyrim. Skyrim all I'm kind of jealous actually that you're playing Skyrim. I'm tempted to. I'm actually tempted to boot it up right now and just start from the beginning. Mate, you you do you, mate. You do but whatever not, you not think. Not like complete it just to play it for a bit. 
I'm not even like I'm not that fast about hundred percenting it at all. Sure. I literally just want to do it just so I can like, you know, use different weapons or like do a different build. Like I love I love just experimenting with builds in games. Sure. That's what I did with Fallout. After I finished Fallout, I just did like four or five different builds. I was like, oh, let's make it feel different. <laughs> and and you would just see how different the gameplay was. Yeah, just you. like just like if it was a melee build or like a scientific sort of laser build, or if it was like a you know. A brute strength. That's a great, that's a great idea, actually, Jay. Because <clears throat> there's so many builds in Fallout Four that I've and okay. Three that I've just never ever even gone near, which I assume are actually quite fun if you get into them. Yeah, no, they can be melee. I you, I tend to do melee as my second playthroughs most of the time because I just like so they're usually a lot harder. They kind of feels like a Souls game where you have to sort of melee everything. <laughs> sure. It's, 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 you, oh, most of the time, it's a lot harder because you tend to die a lot more because obviously you're a lot more close combat. You know, it's like, it's like taking a knife to a gunfire. It's a bit, bit difficult. <laughs> yeah. 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 I, I've got to say, actually, I'll say quickly, Jay, um, I'm actually quite impressed by how well Skyrim's aged. Uh, I'm playing oh, the dude. original game. And the, you can play that look... game on any system now, right? I, Pretty yeah. much. Yeah, yeah, I think so, yeah. Uh, it holds up well, I agree. Uh, the, the graphics look good. Um, the, the, the animations are better than I remember. Uh, yeah. It, it, it just holds up really well, mate. Mm. Like the music's obviously phenomenal. Um, yeah, I just yeah. So I'm, I'm just gonna jump into that. Really, um, I've Borderlands is finished now. So mm. yeah, just gonna I'm gonna play the games I've got before I buy any more, and I've got plenty to mop up. You know, including but not limited to Skyrim and Red Dead Two. So they're huge. So, so yeah. yeah. Okay. Cool. So shall we finish it there, mate? Yeah. Yeah, you getting tired? <laughs> uh, nah, I'm doing well. I think I'm constantly tired now. I keep going to bed too late. That's the problem. I keep staying up and reading. Fair enough. Well, better than smoking weed, I guess. Yeah, or drinking to go. To, I, I still find drinking. that fascinating. How some people have to drink to go to sleep. Oh, it sounds like the worst idea ever, mate. Oh, who would want to have that life? That's awful. <laughs> 